sit back and get ready to have the most fun you ever had with an electronic device. Yeah, I make chili every year. Actually, the last several years, I've been up in Boston for the Super Bowl. But, but that's uh, not really a snack. Boston's not a snack. <laughs> it's more than a snack. It's a full meal. Well, chili, I don't know if that qualifies. It's got to be, I think, finger food. Chili finger food. can be finger food, but only with certain supervision. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome out to The Log Room. It is Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. Jersey Johnny coming at you. And with me, as always, are none other than Mr. Radio Pete and Mr. Harry Lugnut. Say hello, guys. Hello, guys. Howdy. Howdy, howdy, howdy. How the hell are you today? You know, it's finally starting to feel like maybe, and this is probably just false uh, promises, but it feels like maybe. Winter is winter is ending. Oh, don't say it. Don't you know? say it. Mm. Uh, I saw I saw my shadow. Is that good? Or bad? You saw well. You seeing your shadow is fine. Yes. You seeing your shadow is fine. That's no. It was 60, well, 65 here today. So sixty five. According to the uh, groundhog, how about the farmers? Two more farmers. weeks, right? Another two weeks. Yeah, another two yeah, weeks. So that's. Like I said, we're getting close. The sun is, you know, it's it's five almost six o'clock here and the sun it has not set completely yet so it's it's just it's something about it it's it just it's uh there's something to this sunlight and warm weather and not being dark and cold and miserable all the time yeah you know what i kind of like it that way dark cold and miserable dark, cold and miserable sure. <laughs> no. i had a couple towns for you to visit <laughs> no, no, uh... Yeah, it is nice to go to work in the morning and actually have some light. light. Yeah, yeah, because either you get no light in the morning or the sun's up at four, and then it's you know it's going down at three thirty in the afternoon. But yeah, yeah. it's uh, I don't know. Plus, maybe maybe it's the fact yeah, that uh, maybe it's the fact that we got some uh, some people playing baseball that maybe makes makes it feel a little bit like a certain time of year. We do. There's a little uh, cactus and grapefruit action going on. Cactus. Well, I'm talking about baseball, John. Oh, not, baseball. What, not what you do on the weekends. <laughs> All right. Gotcha. Well, you know, I confuse them sometimes. That's right. But uh, that's your in favorite. Any event. That's your favorite bar, isn't it? The cactus and grapefruit. <laughs> the cactus and grapefruit in. Yeah. It's a. Uh... It's a special. They have all the games on. That's right. Every single game. Cactus and Grapefruit Lounge. There's (laughs) never a ladies' night. (laughs) Never. Um, But in any event, yeah, I got up to 53 here today. Segway back. Uh, um, But uh, sunny, sunny, uh, 50 uh, and 53. It was nice. Uh, It's supposed to get a little cooler tomorrow again. But as long as there's no, uh, as long as there's no snow. I don't. Uh, what do you say these things for? Don't I, say right. that out loud. And that's that's been your weather report. Tune in. That's next been the weather week. report. Tune in. Yeah, uh, we have a uh, we have a comment here from uh, from Christine Costello. Hey, lo- hey, brother. Hey, John. Let's go Yankees. There you go. Let's go Yankees. That's right. There hopefully, uh, uh, Harry Lugnuts is hopefully uh, between the time. Right hopefully, be, be, between the time I, we started and now, uh, the Yankees have found some pitching. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean. Let's see who uh, who Jordan Montgomery started yesterday. Who's going to coach the Yankees? Aaron Boone, uh, yeah, going in yeah. going in for a pacemaker. He got it today. He just Did got, he? It, he got it, it an hour ago. Yeah, he got it down Tampa. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. a little uh, freaky Did, there, huh? Well, Did listen, he have he... to trade Araldis Chapman for a pacemaker? <laughs> that was that was uh, part of it. That was part of the deal. Um, uh, I think, I uh, Gar- think Gary really Sanchez gonna... was possible, but 
Yeah. I don't think it's going to slow him down. I mean, you don't think yeah, so? Well, he had well, didn't he, he have heart surgery? He had heart surgery, heart surgery like 12 years ago. Yeah, and yeah, he came yeah. back and played in the same season. Yeah. And he so, had heart surgery. Yeah. Pacemaker's nothing. They just they go, whoop, and then it's, boom, it's like the and little... Bing, bang, boom, done. Stick it in and done. That's what I said. It's done, and then you just like don't a, touch the like microwave. Or, procedure. That's right. what she said, yeah. Don't Stick go it near, in, it's done. Don't go near any electrical fields. Yeah, don't. Or baseball fields. Yeah, well... Maybe he'll know better when to pull a pitcher. Well, make sure, yeah, make Maybe sure the bull, sure <laughs> bullpen uh, phone is grounded. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I just took up the app to it, and you can hit it and just give him a little zing every time That's he wants it. somebody to come out. And it goes, oh, that, out. Yeah. It's, it's like a training collar for a dog. Right. That's right. Exactly. If ownership doesn't like the move, they just. <laughs> Oh, never, right. I mean, never mind. I meant bringing the lefty. Yeah. That's right. Brian Cashman already has the app on his phone. He's all set. He's ready to go. Is Brian Cashman still doing anything, or is he I, just giving up? Is he just yeah. sitting back? He's definitely uh, a lot more uh, subdued than he was years ago. So maybe, maybe we need, uh, maybe we need an angrier, less sort of uh, you know calm Steinbrenner in the mix. Maybe we do yeah, need a little pretty- chaos. Does this Cashman? I, does he wonder? Like, am I? Am I? Am I? I'm not getting yelled at here. Well, I think not, he's. I think that, the first, there's, no, there's no ultimatums being made. You I, think know, his, like, I think his. I think his I, I think his Bamberger's credit card was taken away from him. <laughs> and uh, you know he's, he doesn't have the he doesn't have the ability. He's he's shopping at Kohl's. Shopping at Kohl's these days <laughs> with, with Kohl's cash and a couple of coupons. You he's know? still got the Gimbel's credit card though. That's, that's right. All, that's all he made all his big. He, he remodeled the kitchen four years ago, and that's right. it. He's got a brand new refrigerator called Giancarlo Stanton. <laughs> that's where he keeps all his, his uh... that's where he keeps everything that goes stale in the ninth inning <laughs> exactly anyway um well on uh, on that note why don't we uh, why don't we talk a little nba <laughs> a little little um national basketball association action um why don't we start with the nets today so we don't piss off pete the nets look good yeah yeah well I mean, they should why shouldn't they yeah. you know i was gonna play a little game all right go for it I mean, let's. You can argue, and I think this is a pretty easy. I think you could argue that the Nets have three of the top ten players in basketball, but you know, Kyrie maybe not doesn't fall in everybody's top ten. Okay, so top fifteen. Let's just be really conservative and say the Nets have three of the top twenty basketball players. I don't think anybody could argue with that in the NBA on their team. So, if we were to to, to take and just put some other teams together that had three of the of the of the, the remaining seventeen of the top twenty together. Mm-hmm. You know, would they be able to beat them? I don't know. I mean, imagine if it was LeBron, Anthony uh, Davis, and Kawhi. Right. Who wins? You know, what if it was, uh, let's say, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, Donovan Mitchell, and Nikola Jokic? Okay. You know. I just think we should stop the NBA. The second half should just be, okay, we know. We got the Lakers. We got the Clippers are, eh, we got the Nets. Now, the other teams, okay, that are in, that are, that actually have a chance, get to pick their third player. <laughs> or the third player, much like James Hardy, gets to go, I want to go play there. And go just play for there, the yeah. rest of the season. Just for the rest of the season. I think that I think that's like in a schoolyard. You play with him the rest of the year. Last year, when we got rid of all the shitty teams and we said, no, you guys are done for the year. We're going to have a little bit of a play in and then a bubble playoff. Now it's just, 
You get we the Brooklyn, you're done. Okay, <laughs> LeBron, you go last because you guys because you guys have already kind of predicted your team. So we're going to start with you know certain teams, and we're going to all right, Utah Jazz. You go first. You get to pick your third player, and you could trade if because Rudy Gobert eh, is he top twenty? Mm, okay, I'm just saying it would make. I think you'd have four or five, maybe six really good teams, and it would make a fantastic playoff. Right. It would be anyway. Do you take like the top 20 guys from the crappy teams that aren't going to the playoffs anyway? Top 20 players. Yeah. You're, I mean, yeah. Top 20 players from the teams that aren't going. That are, are well, I mean. Well, well they are right. in the top. Well, like, the let's, top let, let's, let's say you pick the top six teams in the NBA right now. I don't know who they are, but it's going to be the, the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, Utah, Philly, mm -hmm. Philly, Boss, uh, Philly, Brooklyn, Brooklyn and Milwaukee. And Milwaukee. All right, let's yeah. just say we start with that. So those two teams, they could either keep their one or two best players. Some only have one. Some have two. Right. Or they could trade. They could get. They could get again. You know, it's like gym class. You know, so everybody else is available. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it'd be fun. It would be interesting. <laughs> I think that's just what the NBA should do every year because it seems like it naturally happens anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just uh, yeah. I mean, imagine Zion on uh, uh, on Golden State. <laughs> I, I know I didn't pick them as one of the teams, but Steph Curry would be available. I mean, imagine yeah. Steph Curry on the Lakers. Ooh, that makes it that makes it a little bit more interesting. Steph Curry on the Lakers makes it interesting. Wow, so. Zion on the uh, on the Nets. No, the Nets are done. The Nets, Nets already have. The, that's what I'm saying. They well, the the Lakers have... are done too, though. How, the Lakers only have two guys. Name the third. I mean, you know. oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, uh, it's anybody that has two right. guys are right. I got. Yeah, but in then, the beginning so of the year, give, Nets, the Nets already had their two players. The Lakers had their two players. The Clippers had their two players. Everybody had their two players. Sure. And then James Harden said, "I'm going to the Nets." Right. Yeah. So, but, but then you have to give like Milwaukee. You have to give a superstar two, two players. They, right. They need two. Well, I don't know. They Drew Holiday. They can they can get rid of Drew Holiday, and then he goes in the pool of available players. And maybe yeah. it has to be eight teams, not six teams. Maybe he's got eight, no, eight or ten teams. Have, yeah, yeah. Ten, I think six is ten teams, five in each league, top ten. Top well, listen, we could. Uh, I think they could probably work something out with the players union. I think they'd go for that. I think it's a good idea. I think I think it would make it really exciting. You can't do the top twelve because then that would be. Uh, Right, six in each league, because then that would include the Knicks too, and they 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 could uh, yeah probably use some help. <laughs> so well, they have one. They they they, they, they one all star, but right. That means you no know, one's. I don't. Is I, think, I think Julius Randle in the top twenty. No, mm, no, on the fringe. He'd be close. On he's the on the fringe. Yeah, okay. This year, maybe he's maybe he's your third guy. Yeah, right. yeah. He's he's somebody's Kyrie. I'm not, you know me, I'm not a Kyrie guy at all. No, I, I know, but I'm but just saying. I, I think Kyrie's top 10 right now. In fact, I think Kyrie is all NBA this year. Well, if you, if you talk about shooting guards, yeah. then he's well, I'm right just saying, there. yeah. But right, I mean, but I'm saying you take all this, rank all the shooting guards. You know, where do you put Kyrie on that well, list? Well, Harden's number one. I mean, he's still a shooting guard, even though he's dribbling. Well, the ball. no, he's a point guard. All right, so he's the better. So, so is he? Your sister just said Durant hurt again. Kyrie is amazing. Harden is silently a genius. Yeah, well, Durant's the best player out of all of them, and when he comes back, they're on, you know, it's they're going to beat LeBron because it's it's basically LeBron. It's what's going to determine the NBA Finals is who's going to get hurt, Durant or Anthony Davis. Right. <laughs> 
Uh, that see, that's a bet. Boy, Vegas will be drooling over that. Yeah, <laughs> whose delicate little ankles are going to get hurt? <laughs> yeah, that might be a prop bet, and and yeah. uh, I think it'll a, be lot a, people, a lot of people, a lot of people could lose yeah. money. A lot of people yeah. could lose money over that. Who, who's yeah. Yeah. the the, the... <laughs> Grant just can't stay on the court yet. Rick Schmidt, KD or AD, you pick. Yeah, whose glass ankles are going to be broken? Yeah, whose glass? For, at Cinderella, least part of the final. Cinderella feet are going to crack. Well, listen, I heard I heard a couple guys today saying uh, James Harden should be the league MVP. I agree, and I think uh, I think he's absolutely been phenomenal. Well, he's yeah. the uh, uh, which we call it. He was named. Uh, uh, Eastern Conference uh, Player of the Month yeah, for February. Yeah. He's had a couple. He's had a couple good months. I really do want to see when they come back how the dynamics do. Because Harden always seems to play better when he has to do more. Yeah. When he just has to be a piece of the puzzle, he seems it's like he gets bored or something, and he's looking up in the crowd. And I, I, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We I will. mean, there. I think the Brooklyn's the favorite with Durant healthy, even with. Anthony Davis at 90 to 95%, if he is, I still think they're deeper, especially with Harris shooting. That's the other thing is they really, you know, they might have four of the top 25 fires in basketball. They have the best three-point shooter in basketball, and it's not Kyrie, it's not James Harden, and it's not Kevin Durant. So right. they're, they're going to be a tough team to beat, and I just don't think the Lakers are anywhere near. I think it, if we if that is the NBA Finals, I think you're going to see, like, seven players play on each team during the finals. It's just, who's going to, is, is LeBron, will LeBron die? You know, he'll, he won't. Seven players at the same time. So 14 the on the court. Well, yeah. he might die. It might, he yeah. might die, but it's, it might be while making thing the uh, NBA put in. Yeah. LeBron might die, but it might be while making a fall away jumper to win game seven. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And then it goes in. While taking fires. Lakers win and he just, Dies. Did you ever notice that LeBron James allowed to take nine steps? Is it because they, he looks like a penguin when he does it that it's allowed? Uh, I, 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 don't, I just don't get it. But uh, yeah, I, that that's that's. I mean, you got to put LeBron in for MVP too right now. I mean, every year he's like Jordan was. You know, every year you have to consider him. Yeah, look at the minutes he's playing. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I I think the Nets are the team to beat right now, and I'll tell you what. If they can just get over the fact that they're as good as they are and under and and finish games, I think Utah's the team that's going to get that's going to give the Lakers a run for their money. You know, Utah is playing like crazy good basketball right now. So. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Just. Uh... I mean, th- I think what you have to look out for are these teams that are peaking right now that are going to sneak into the playoffs. Because yeah. let's face it, Washington, the Wizards have just as good a chance to get in the playoffs right now as the Knicks do. You know, I mean, they could sneak in there. Washington's the hottest team in basketball right now. Yeah, I suppose they're they're back. There's there's still not basketball left though, so they can. There they can is. There's half a season. Yeah. Um. On that uh, on that note, would uh, uh Harden too? Uh, Rockets. I know they're playing. Uh, the Nick Nets are playing the Rockets tonight. Yeah. The, uh, back Rockets, in Houston. The Rockets in yeah, in Houston. Uh, the Rockets are actually retiring Harden's number thirteen too. Yeah. Um. So they announced that. Uh, I wonder if there's uh, any uh, emotions in uh, Harden from going back. It'd be, it'd be interesting tonight, to see how that ceremony goes. I mean, I don't <laughs> think it's going to be, you know, okay, we're you know, they're gonna they're gonna play the tribute video and sure. and make nice, I guess. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope yeah. they I hope they play a couple clips of him with his old hair because boy, it looks a lot better than what he's rocking <laughs> these days. 
Well, he, he's he's just playing amazing basketball right now. He, he's, and so uh, is Kyrie. Yeah. And so is that whole team. He made he all made, six uh, of them that play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Harden uh, made history the other day. He's like he notched his, his seventh triple double mm-hmm. uh, since getting traded to Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. He's the first player to record at least 30 points, 15 assists, and seven boards and no turnovers since the 77-78 season. It's, uh, he's yeah, a, and he's yeah. like number three on the Nets all-time triple-double list or something right, like yeah, that. And he's well, been well, on the well, team well, for a month well, and a half. Let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's talk about triple-doubles for a minute because I know we, we, you guys get your, uh, you know what, in a ruffle when uh, who gets more coverage than Knicks or the Nets. But speaking of a team who never gets any coverage, centers to reach 50 career triple-doubles. Nikola Jokic, 416 games. Wilt Chamberlain, 703. 703. So in in 416 games, Nikola Jokic already has 50 career triple-doubles as a center. Mm -hmm. So you can talk talk about MVPs all you want. If he's – he has to be in the conversation. He's having – his best season, and I, I will, I would argue that he that he is first team All NBA at center, even with the 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 season that Embiid is having. He is he's he's playing that good of basketball. He is playing good basketball, he and he's doing it on a team that doesn't have his. And that's probably why his numbers are elevated. He just doesn't have as many options as he did last year. Right. Yeah. But he he's, he almost almost half the amount of time as Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain did it in a time when triple doubles were a lot more. You know, common for him. So, uh, yeah, I hear you. you. Four hundred games, fifty triple. That's a pretty high record. That's a pretty high, uh, you know, uh, percentage there for yeah for triple doubles. So that's one, two, eight, hundred. Yeah, it's a it's a good percentage. (laughs) That's a good percentage. One in every eight games. Yes, do the math for you. Little over eight games. uh, But he doesn't make anyone around him better. He doesn't. Yeah, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's old world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stick Jamal Murray with Julius Randle and see how he does. Back to the Nets. For, <laughs> back to the Nets for a second. They uh, they beat uh, the Spurs uh, the other night on Monday night. Yeah. Um, did you see uh, Steve Nash's reaction when he found out that that was the first time that the Nets had beaten the Spurs since '03? Did he take his mask off? <laughs> I don't know, but they made memes out of he it. He seems to always take his mask off to yell. <laughs> <laughs> Was crazy, um, but hey, you know what? Steve, you know they told Steve Nash in a press conference that the Nets have really improved their defense, and he goes, "What am I doing wrong?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they, they did. We did. How? Uh, I must not have been paying too much attention. Purely coincidental. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, speaking of defense and lack thereof, last night for the uh, for the Knicks. Um, yeah. Well, you knew they were going to lose that game. I mean, that just had loss right all over it. San Antonio is a decent team. They're one of those teams too, you know? Yeah. Let them choose a third or second or third player and you'd be surprised. This is true. Um, But uh, Nilakina actually didn't look half bad starting in that game. He didn't look awesome, but he didn't look half bad. Um, Looked better than the – it was his first start of the season. Do you hear that NBA teams who have players we actually want? (laughs) I He's – just right, you know, Frank. I just Nick get rid Frank. of him. Yeah, no, I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know. I was but, wondering I mean, no, no. if they were kind of auditioning him, but I guess uh, what's his name was needed a couple extra days to come back. Um, yeah, 
So I, but I was like, oh, no, Akina, maybe they're uh, putting him out there. And yeah, but, but he's done this before. He's had short stretches where he's looked really good, but it never seems to extend past, you know, six or eight games. Well, he played 25 minutes and he, and he had, he only had 13 points, but he made three or three from, from, uh, uh, from, uh, three points. He's the, uh, he's, and- he's, he's solidified himself as the third best point guard on the Knicks roster. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And he only had, he only had one turnover. Uh, in those twenty-five minutes, so I mean that's, you know, from his track record, it's not bad. Well, look, I heard the other day. Uh, no, he's not a big turnover guy. It's, it's good more, news more for... than one in twenty-five minutes, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good news for Knicks fans. There are, um, I think it was fifteen was the was the tally. Uh, teams in the NBA who cannot trade first-round draft picks mm. this year because they did so last year. So some of these superstars that are going to maybe command first round draft picks, there's a limited number of teams that actually are have the ability to do that, and yep. the Knicks are one of them. So that's good news. That is great news. I I still think that there could be a trade this year. I, I just hope the Knicks don't jump on and the, on the first available guy who says yes to them and pick and go for the wrong guy. Right. You know what I mean. That's that's what I hope. Like, yeah, uh, that's what. That's right, well, what I well hope. you hopefully. I mean, ideally, you'd get a guy who wants to be in New York, not necessarily somebody who just wants to get out of wherever they are. Exactly. But that's you know. Then again, you could you could say beggars can't be choosers, but I wouldn't consider the Knicks beggars at this point, considering what they're doing this season and where they're going. Right. And, and I, you know, I I know a few Knicks fans and. None of them. Uh, there are some that are interested in in finding a good deal if it's out there, but most of them that I know, they go well if we continue along this road and we don't get anybody, we don't make a deal, but we see this kind of progress throughout the end of the season. Well, I'm fine with that because sure, as you pointed out the other day, <laughs> look where they were and look where they are. That's the a fifth, huge the, progress. They're the fifth seed in the East right now. Right. Well, yeah. Still, I mean. I know there's right. a lot yeah, to go, and everybody's bunched up. But they're yeah. the fifth right now. They're they're they're, they're at five hundred. They've won eighteen games, which I think was the total they won in the last three seasons combined. Combined, right? Yeah. And um, you know they're they're not the worst team in New York anymore. Yeah. Well, now, I also heard a cautionary, some cautionary stats, which I was driving and working, so I have to sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for. Where you uh, kind of say what somebody said, paraphrasing. Paraphrasing. They were talking about the Knicks and some of the teams they've beaten, and how a number of them uh, were shooting be- well below um, NBA average, and even that those teams' average, particularly from three-point land. Mm-hmm. So they were saying a lot of these teams. Now look, now look, the Knicks are winning these games. But they're like some of these teams are shooting terribly, especially from downtown against. The I think Knicks. a lot of that has to do with the Knicks defense. I was going to say, yeah, that's yeah, they're about saying, the yeah, defense. but but well, even but even beyond that, uh, these were just uh, numbers that were w- out of whack. I mean, unless the Knicks are, the Knicks are the best defensive team, point wise in the NBA, right? Uh, but they're also have played a number of teams that again. Yes, some of it is because of their defense, but they're not that good a defense. So it was just a cautionary tale. Um, you know, in, in other words, the point this guy was making was uh, they're not a fantastic team. 
They're up no. and coming. They're good. They're young. They're good. They're, they're youthful and energetic. But this doesn't mean, you know, because you get a lot of the callers, like, oh, they're ready to, you know, win it next year. They just need one guy. And, and they would say, just no. hold your horses. They're, they're not a nice streak. They're, but they're, re they're ready to acquire a mid-level free agent. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, what exactly. they're ready for. Exactly. Finally. Finally, yeah. <laughs> After all these years. Well, they're worthy of it now. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. I they're, mean, they're finally attractive for a mid-level free agent. Uh, but but you know you they, get one of those and then you have greater success and then you they, bring in a little they, little higher level free. They agent. need a top-notch too. That's true. And uh, yeah. there's there's a couple of them out there, and I think you know it's it's why I don't want Washington to play well. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. This is true. Um, the uh, I mean, they're as of the other night, anyway, uh, they're the third best in the league, uh, shooting threes. Um, well, that, that's another you know, to Pete's point, they don't take a lot of them, so they need somebody who could shoot the three, they're, they're third best percentage wise, but they don't take a lot of them, right? I mean, they take more, everybody takes a lot, but relatively speaking, relatively speaking, right, right, right. and that's because they're, they're, a, they're a team of 75. I don't know if I'm a three or four power forward <laughs> and we one got a lot point of tweeners and Austin rivers and Austin rivers, yeah. <laughs> got a lot of tweeners on that team. <laughs> Kevin Knox, you want to shoot a three today? No, nope. No, I don't. I'm <laughs> uh, not going to do that. Not going to yeah. do that. But, but the mean, other point, the other point this person made was, listen, just enjoy the ride, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I do like watching them because they're not, they're not matadors like the rest of the NBA. Right. Look, they're they're twelve points better on the defensive side than the Nets in what they give up points per game right now. Right. I mean, that's a big difference. Now, granted, the Nets are plus four, four and a half. They score a lot of points. I get it, but defense is still an important part of this game. And the fact that they're giving up one hundred and four points a game mm -hmm. when. Everybody else is 114, 120, 119, 111, 112, 112, 113, 114, 112. You get my point. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're the only team playing defense. <laughs> yes. So. If, and, and, so they need a scorer. They need somebody to help Randall. They need, you know, if Randall could become their, their second option, if they could truly get, or, 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 or 1B, let's call it. Right. Then, then they could be a good team, especially with the development. I think R.J. Barrett's gotten a lot better this year. I think quickly is going to become a better player. I think yeah. they have some depth, um, and I think they match up. They have some options to match up on the defensive side, but they need somebody. That, I mean, imagine how good Randall would be if when when he if he has another threat from the outside. That's just going to open him up in the lane even more. Sure, sure, absolutely, absolutely. Um. The uh, Post actually had uh, uh, an article yesterday about uh, speaking about, or just today actually, about speaking about last night's game with the uh, loss to uh, the Spurs. And it says, the Knicks, the headline was, the Knicks produced a rare clunker Tuesday night. Um, to, for, for us to come this far this year for them to, I mean, I, I know it's the Post, but for them to say, the Knicks produced a rare clunker, I mean, that's all they produced for the last, what, six years. Right, and they've had a few clunkers this year. Look, they lost to a good Spurs team, a Spurs team that gave gave the Nets about all a Spurs team that's eighteen and thirteen, and is and is seven and three in their last ten. I mean, you got to consider Pop for coach of the year too. I mean, that he's not run, he's not dripping in riches over there in San Antonio, and he's playing in the West, and he's the number five seed in the West right now. 
Right. So, are you saying that uh, Lonnie Walker the fourth and Patty Mills and Demar Derozan and Lamarcus Aldridge are not uh, as good as some of these other crews? That was a pretty. Good <laughs> I mean, uh, pretty... they're okay. If they, if they had their pick of the candy jar for the top twenty, they'd be pick, they'd be putting put two hands in. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Yeah, no, no. Uh, I mean, they're uh, yeah, they're they're doing a they're doing a lot with less. That's for sure. Yeah, the the ninety two Knicks were not quite as good as the uh, yeah the uh, as 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 this the, the ninety two Knicks, as my sister is saying, is were, they played pretty good defense, but so did everybody in the East at that time. Yeah, that was a good. Uh, it, was, it was a good old fashioned, time. good old fashioned bloodbath. And, and- and girls basketball well, too, certainly. Yes, to her point. Yeah. <laughs> now, what's also going to be interesting is uh, we're going to look at um, see how uh, I think the Knicks' second half schedule is m- a little bit tougher than their first half. Um, that's what I heard the other day. So, so they're going to they're, they're playing the Buccaneers and the Rams and the uh, right. uh, Seahawks. Yeah, sure. Um, they're, they're playing the '87 Lakers. Playing the '87 Lakers. So they're yeah, they're going to be they're going to be tested a little bit more. They're playing George Gervin Spurs in the second yeah. half. They're going they back. got a nice going back uh, they, in time. They got a nice uh, West Coast uh, trip coming up. A long West Coast trip. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Look, it, it's going to be hard for the Knicks to stay in the if, if they make the playoffs. And this season is a complete success. If and. And they might. If I had to bet on it, I would say I just think there's teams that have been so bad in the first half in the East that are better teams. Miami's Miami's going to get on a heater. Miami's better than the record, yeah. Of course. Is Charlotte better? No, but I think Indiana is. And I think, you know, if the Wizards keep playing the way they are, even though they're four games behind them, they sure. might catch them. Uh, I, don't, I don't, you know, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Look, look, it's going to be a, it's going to be a win-win if the Knicks even just make the eight seed, even if they lose the rest of their games this year, it's a win. Right. I mean, they're already better than they were last they're, year. Yeah, exactly. They can stop playing right now. They're done. I, I think. I think there's. You can see that Thibodeau has these guys bought into what it is that he's preaching. Tom Thibodeau, right. though, has never been able to take the Tom Thibodeau way and win a championship, or even get close to winning a championship. Yeah, maybe so, change in the next year or two or three or whatever. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We shall see. We shall see. We shall. And the Bucks actually grabbed uh, grabbed uh, a player off the uh, G League from the Knicks too today. Uh, Miles Powell, old Seton Hall guy. Um, you know Milwaukee. I mean they 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 lost to Denver. They got walloped by Denver last night. But the Bucks are they're still just they're twenty one and fourteen. It's just every year they're just such a good regular season team. I just I just want Giannis to get a Robin. Just yeah, yeah. get him. I mean, Drew Holiday is good, but it's just like there's seems like whoever goes there just can't really deliver. Yeah, uh, it's not um, Drew Holiday is not the the number two that I think they were hoping for. Right, and right. and now of course, uh, Giannis is locked in with a long term deal. I think Giannis is happy about that. I mean, he, he, again, I really can't see him fitting. I mean. I, there's a couple teams I could see him playing on, but I, I, I don't think he's going to do any better than being on the box. You know, I can't pick. I mean, maybe well, five I'm years just... from maybe five years from now when he can't jump, he can become the new, you know, uh, I don't even know. 
who's the guy who went to the Spurs and, and learned how to shoot a jump shot and won a championship. I mean, it's, it, I could see him maybe ending his career somewhere else, but for right now, you, he's one of the top four or five players in the, in the NBA and a, and a perennial MVP candidate. So uh, put, yeah, put but one he, more player around him. Well, that's just the, the thing. If they don't give him, you know, that, that one piece and he's a perennial also, right? They're trying. They just, again, in this NBA, it's just like, ah, I'm going to, you know, we, we thought we were try- doing our best, but it's up to the players, whatever they, wherever the fuck they want to go. Well, let them create their super team. Giannis yeah. hasn't done a good enough job of recruiting. Well, uh, that's, see, that's the thing. They're going right, to have to bring somebody in. There's nobody who wants to go, you know, no superstar wants to go to Milwaukee. You don't think so? Mm, I don't think so. To win a championship, why not? I mean, you know, the well, long li- the long line of Sidney Moncrief and Buck Williams. <laughs> but uh, they, look, they might have uh, played it differently in the offseason had they had an inkling that uh, James Harden was going to end up on the Nets. <laughs> well, James Harden always I mean, knew he was going to go to the Nets. Yeah. Well, he knew, but I don't think the Bucks knew well, for but, sure that. Oh, I We'll bring in Drew Holiday, and that'll be, you know, and then we'll be right there. And, yeah, we got to compete with Durant and Kyrie. But Kyrie's a flake, and Durant's hurt all the time, so we got as good a shot. Oh, who? James Harden. Ah, uh, you know, had they right. known that, they might have gone out and gotten somebody else. Somebody else, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, Harden, I think, was more sure than anyone else of where he was where he was going but uh, you know looking at looking at the uh, standings here the last in the last 10 games uh the two teams that have the best record in the last 10 games are the nets and the knicks and san antonio yeah. and, and utah no in the east i said no in the east yeah in the east and and washington too but washington yeah. and the knicks have the same well the nets are nine same, and one yeah i mean nine and one and knicks and the wizards are seven and three yeah wizards but, are on a heater i'm telling you westbrook and and beal they they're a good backcourt together. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah, well look, the Knicks have got uh, look playing the Nets in uh, on the fifteenth, and then they got the Sixers. A couple games against the Sixers, and then back back to back against the Wizards. That that's gonna be here's, gonna gonna be, that's, here's an interesting stretch of games. Nets on the fifteenth, Sixers on the sixteenth. You got the Magic on the eighteenth, and the Sixers again three days later. And then back to back against Washington, and then the Bucks. So they're going to win. Game. They're going to win one. Win of those one game. Seven games. You know, but that could be an. No, they'll ugly... steal another one. They'll yeah. steal another. That's, one. A, that's what I'm saying. They'll win one of those next. What is that? Six or seven that seven. you rattle up. They'll win so one of those three, seven. Three, they'll four, split. Five, they'll six, split eight. with. They'll split with the Wizards, and they'll lose the rest. And that they'll be out of the playoff hunt. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's there the Knicks are at the point where you know they're not going to beat a team that's better than them. On a night right. in and see, night then they got after that. Then they got Miami, and they got Minnesota. Uh, then they beat Minnesota. Dallas. I don't think they beat Miami. Miami. They, they got the Dallas Mavericks, and then the Pistons. So you know they could they could win. Yeah, they could win three out of those four. Right. I think they'll steal another one of those seven games too. I think they'll go two and five in those seven, in that seven game stretch. I think it's still going to be hard for them to stay in the playoff hunt. But for right now, you celebrate it. Right. Yeah, and look, if you, I think we've said before, if you end up within a couple of games of five hundred, so we said, right? If you, uh, yeah. that's a successful if they, season. If, they're, if, they're, if they if they shoot four hundred this year, you know, if they win four out of you know the ten four out of every ten games, it's it's a yeah. major success. Yeah, and that's probably where they'll wind up. You know, 
Well, we'll, uh, we'll certainly see how that pans out. Um, the uh, All-Star game is this Sunday. <laughs> remember when all-star I believe games, that is spelled remember, P-F-F-T. Remember when All-Star <laughs> games were, were like amazing because you would – You'd get to see like Walter Davis for the first time sure. all year, or uh, you know George Gervin. Or now it's just like oh yeah, god, so nobody nobody plays in him. So it's you like, see what yeah. they're doing though, right? You yeah. see what they're doing. They're not. It's no. not yeah. All Star Weekend. Everything's yeah. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. The um, what are they doing? The skills challenge and the three point contest are gonna are gonna happen before the game, and then the slam dunk contest is gonna happen during halftime. I think they should all have to play at all one time <laughs> a, 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 an old timer. I think somebody who played in the '90s or before needs to be on the court at all times, playing on your team. Right. Yeah, that'd be interesting. What happens if somebody gets hurt in the dunk contest? And uh, they get hurt. Has anybody ever gotten hurt in the dunk contest? <laughs> I don't know. Surprising. Not. Yeah. You would think that somebody would, you know, roll an ankle or something. But didn't no. Blake Griffin like jump over a car or something like that? Yeah, he broke the mirror on the car, but not as didn't. Yeah, but no, yeah, he was fine. Yeah. He jumped the shark, and he was fine. <laughs> jumped the shark. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I even now it's just like I don't know. You should just have only Muggsy Bogues type players in the dunk contest. So you're gonna say only Muggsy Bogues? In the, <laughs> who's in the dunk who's even in the dunk contest? Who Muggsy knows? Bogues. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Let's um, look that up. It was gonna be Tiger Woods, but only short players: Muggsy Bogues, <laughs> Sam Cassell. <laughs> then he went for a drive, and <laughs> that dream died. You know, I don't mean to be insensitive, but. You know, the reason why uh, you saw his luggage out next to his car is because he gave his caddy the day off. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, here we go. Is that right? <laughs> uh, are you checking? We should have a picture. Yeah, I, guess. <laughs> I hate YouTube. You stink. YouTube? What are you looking for? I didn't want to. Laverne Shirley? <laughs> no, I clicked on the wrong link. <laughs> I clicked on the wrong link. How do you make it blue? <laughs> uh, All right, let's let's see who's in the looking for Laverne. <laughs> well, I always watch TV during the show. <laughs> it's, it's the best of Ed Asner. On the Odd Couple theme is playing. Something's got to keep me. Something got to. Yes, the way let's shadow. See. Right. So Top the uh, three shadow point episode. contest is uh, Steph Curry, Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Donovan Mitchell and Zach Levine, and Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> Zach Galifianakis. Skills competition is uh, Luca, Chris Paul, Julius Randle, uh, Sabonis, Vukovic, and Portland's Robert Covington. There we go. Who is that? His Al- official name, Portland's he's- Robert Covington. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. the, he's the official ambassador. Portland's Portland. Robert Covington. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and let's see. Slam dunk. Anthony Simmons. What are you doing? Waiting for the facts to come out of the <laughs> No, it's not. It's poorly written. Uh, they don't actually have a list. They're like, it's not a list. Of... It's, you got to scroll through the year. Anthony Simmons, Cassius Stanley, Obi Toppin. Yeah. And some other guys, I guess. Good yeah. job, LA Times. Yeah, yeah. Toppins in the slam dunk competition. I yeah. think I think they all the owners should be in the slam dunk competition. Hey. <laughs> uh, all the owners have to they have to dunk or the mascots. The How come the mascots aren't in the slam dunk? That's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah, that's a really good idea. That'd be all fun. right. So what what is the uh, what do we think the over under is for the All Star game? Uh, total points. Yeah, seven hundred and thirty. 
Will they hit 346? <laughs> will they hit 300? Oh, yeah. You think so? I don't know. Yeah, they'll hit. Who's Wasn't playing, it, who's isn't playing it usually like 173, 174, you know, <laughs> two? I like the 346 uh, number. That's a good number. That's. I mean, it's probably close, right? I'm gonna say it might even they might even hit 350. It might even hit might hit 350. It might just do that. I think it's gonna be Are you asking the magic eight ball. <laughs> I think it's gonna be less. Less so like uh, three three forty eight. Not yeah. <laughs> I'll bid three three forty eight, Drew. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> I think it's going to be around. I, I'd, I'd be surprised if it was a, a lot more than three hundred. I'll say I'll say three three twelve or less. Okay, would be my pick. Right. Let's see what the coin says. See what the coin says. Are we signing numbers to the coin, or are we just going to say heads or tails? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> coin says tails. What, do, what does Maria? Con- <laughs> what does Marie Kondo say? I can't uh, find. I can't find the over under. They don't have it yet. Let's ask her. How can they don't have it? They don't have the over under. It's no, got no, it in there now. That's crazy. Nothing. Zero. Well, let's see. Oh, no, they don't have twenty twenty one up here. Oh well. All right. What else do we got? Over, under. Boom, 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 boom. Ah, here we go. Oh, that's twenty twenty. Yeah. 30. No, you're right. They have twenty. The twenty twenty gambler's guide. Yeah, we good. <laughs> All right, can I place a bet on that still? There you go. Uh, yeah. All it has nope. is the. Uh, yeah, they don't have it yet because they don't know who's going to play. Yeah, exactly. That's last true. year, last year's was uh, three hundred seven point five. Last year, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> right. Just for we'll, a measurement, we'll have our own own under over under. Uh, so three three twenty is that what we're going to say? Well, you said three forty six. I said it, I, I said it could be over three fifty, and Pete said three twelve. If it's three forty six, I'll say under, but not by much. All right, so let's go. Uh, let's go over three twelve, under three. Three forty-six. All that? right, all right, Vanna. <laughs> <laughs> write, that, write that down. Jot that down. Who wins the jet ski? Who wins the, who wins the jet ski? <laughs> Nobody's claimed the yoga pants yet, so we have to put them back on the market. Mm. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Um, well, I gotta, I gotta wash them first. Gotta, so, 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 so which which teams in the East, which team in the West that is not currently in the playoffs will be in the playoffs? Uh, East, I'm going to say Wizards. West, I'm going to say nobody. They're all in. Um, you don't think Dallas is going to get in? Maybe Dallas. Maybe Dallas. Of any of the ones that aren't, Dallas has the best shot, I think. How many teams are going in? Eight. Eight. Each each. Eight and eight. So right now in the East, the Charlotte Hornets are the eight seed. They are. Oy. Name a Charlotte Hornet. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld. I can name the owner. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jerry Seinfeld is he playing from, from the from the B movie, right? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he wasn't a hornet though. He was a honeybee. He's a honeybee, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Out west, I don't know that you know the Pelicans have got Zion, and they're not they're not going to make it. No. But mean, no, they're they've lately they've been doing everything. I heard this today. He's been like the point guard. Everything is running directly through him. He's touching the ball all the time. Their points per game are up. Uh, their uh, shooting percentage is up. Um, they're like he's the best player on the team. So just give him the ball all the time. Right. I don't know if they have enough to get. I mean, they're only four games under five hundred. Yeah, I, I you know, you know, they're f- which is whatever four games behind. Eh, boy, that's. <laughs> I still see yeah, that. like out west. I don't know. There's nobody. No, I would say Dallas. Dallas is, yeah, Dallas is really the only team that's not in the top eight right now in the in the West that has a shot is Dallas. Yeah, um, and they're a couple games out in the East, my, and uh, Washington of the of the eight of the uh, nine through fifteen teams. I'd yeah, I don't know. Washington they're they're the not going to play as well as they have. I think played. they're the best shot so far out of those teams. Right? I think the Pacers still have a chance to to sneak in there over Charlotte. Although you know Charlotte's got, I think they have two All Stars. Isn't uh, what's his name? Lamelo uh, Lamelo Ball and uh, Ball is down there. Terry Rozier. Yeah, and Lamelo is uh, playing some real good ball right now. Yeah, he, he he's playing all star kind of ball right now. He's yeah. one of the best point guards in the league right now. And they got uh, Bismack Biyombo. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to forget about him. No, I ordered that the other day. It was super sized. It was really good. Yeah, Bismack Biyombo. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Korean drive-through. Take that big Macmillan combo. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, Washington's, just, Washington's got got a long way to go. You know, they've got a yeah, long well, way to go. They got they, a long way to go, and they're and they're going to have to. I mean, I think the pace. They see the only reason why I agree with John on the on the on the Wizards is they seem to be able to beat the good teams. They're beating the good teams right now, but we'll see. I mean, who knows it. How, yeah, many more ga- how many more games do we have in the second half? Thirty. Everybody at 34, 35, 36, 33, 24 30. games, twenty-four games, twenty-five games, twenty-three yeah. games, somewhere in there. So, so they're going to have to play. They're going to have to, you know, obviously play the teams that are like the Pacers and the Hornets a couple of times that are directly ahead of them. And they're really going to have to win those games, right. you know, because if they're if the look the I mean Charlotte's two games under and the Pacers are three games under. So if they kind of maintain their pace, you know, Washington's got to win, what, four out of every five to kind of catch up over the next couple of weeks. True. True. That is true. Um, it's a tall order. But, yeah, certainly from the way, they, the way they've looked and, and uh, as far as the players go, you, you would think. But there's a number um, of those teams that are not going to keep up at that pace. So that, that drops them down. They don't have to, you know, four out of every five – you know, for the rest yeah, no, of the that's year. that's true. That's true. So, um, Knicks being one of them. So, how many? So, how many games total? Uh, well, the Knicks have twenty-four games left. No, but how many games in the season? Total? Sixty. Sixty. Six zero. Let's take a look at the Washington are... Wizards. Wizards have played. Yeah, I still. I, Wizards have twenty-seven games left. The Knicks I still, only have twenty-four games left. I still say with my original prediction, I still. I think the Knicks are going to win thirty-five games. I think they'll win seventeen, between fifteen and seventeen games in the second half of the season. Okay, that's fair. That's fair, and that you know what that that probably is enough to get them the 
seventh or eighth seed. Maybe even the sixth. Yeah, right. I mean the Wizards have gone on a nice they've looked good run here. They beat the Lakers. They beat the everybody's uh, beating the Lakers. Though. They <laughs> lost to the Clipper. Yeah, you never know, right since it's the uh the, the no AD. Right. Um but then they lost to the Celtics, although it was only by a point. And then they lost to the Grizzlies. They just got blown out by the Grizzlies yesterday. Yeah. So they got the Clippers. They got the Grizzlies. They got the Sixers back to back against the Bucks. Right. Then the Kings. Then the Jazz and the Nets. Two games against the Knicks at, towards the end of March. So you know they, they got a few tough games in there. That's what I mean. They're gonna they're gonna have to have a, a considerably better winning percentage. Sure. Uh, even if the you know the. the Pacers and the Hornets just kind of ramble along at what they're doing. Hard to think they would fall off the table and go, you know, Charlotte's not going to go 10 games under 500 over the next, you know, dozen games. Right. So it's it's a tall order for Washington to catch up. As it stands right now, Jazz Warriors, first round playoff matchup. That would be interesting. That that would be interesting. That would definitely be interesting. That, Um, I mean, you could arguably say that the Warriors have a chance in that series to beat the team that probably will wind up with the best record in the NBA this year. Yeah. The um, quick aside: the uh, Nets are leading the Rockets by ten point, uh, twelve points now. Just uh, scored fifty six forty four. And the Jazz are beating the Sixers by six. Jazz are beating the Sixers by six. I got I got three here. What do you? What score you got there? I got uh, oh, I just switched seventy five seventy two. Yeah, you go, yeah. By three. You know, it's funny. The Sixers struggle when there's actually a center on the other team. <laughs> yeah, that's a true story. Um, anyway. Well, well, I'm looking. Bede's only got uh, 24 points. Is that all? Yeah, that's all. Oh, yeah, there it is. 24 points, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Harden's, yeah. Only, Harden's only got the, 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 uh, the Nets are winning by 11 points, 58-47. Harden's the lead scorer, 12 points. So... Uh, ball's moving around uh, a bit. Yeah, he's listening. He's doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yep, they're beating the eleven and twenty-two Rockets. <laughs> Listen, this is the kind. Of, well, probably not the Rockets, but they're they're you know the Nets. We've seen them play down to their competition sure. a number of times here, and you know yeah. that's if they can cut that by, you know, in half the the time, number of times they do that. Right. That's a, a huge difference in in where they're going to end up at the end of the season. You know? Sure. Well, All right. On that note, why don't we get to our uh, uh, on the basketball note? Why don't we get to our top tens? Top tens. Our top tens. Our top ten list this week, folks. Top is, twelve <laughs> is actually a top eleven. That's yeah. uh, the top ten list this week is top ten small forwards in NBA history. And yes, indeed, we have a tie. We had a tie at ninth, so there's a uh, there's actually eleven. Very um, interesting. We have a nine A and nine B. Um, Harry. Why don't you start us off with number 10? Number 10 is none other than Mr. Rick Barry. And, uh, you know, Rick Barry it started in the ABA, came to the NBA, uh, best known for his one of the best seasons in the history of the NBA when he won a championship with the then Golden uh, – was it the Oakland? Or were they the San Francisco Warriors? San Francisco Warriors? 
So good. They were Golden State. They were Golden State. He he started off with the San Francisco Warriors, and then, then went. Then they changed. Play, changed for the played for the Nets for a while, the New York Nets, then Golden State, and ended his career at the Houston Rockets. Look, he 1975. He the the Warriors upset a, a a team that won 60 games that year with Wes Unseld and Elvin Hayes, and um, he had one of the one of the best seasons I think anybody's ever had as, as a small forward. He was a NBA champion in 1975, won the NBA Finals MVP. He was an ABA champion in, in 1969, an eight-time All-Star, uh, All-Star game MVP, five-time All-NBA first team. And uh, he averaged 24.8 points per game, scored over 25,000 points, averaged almost seven rebounds and five assists a game. And I think he gets lost in the mix a lot, but – he uh, he was a guy from a New Jersey boy from Elizabeth, New Jersey. He's a Hall of Famer and um, probably best known as the father of Brent, John, Drew, Scooter, Canyon, Molehill. Uh, you know, I don't know. There's, I think he's got 27 sons or something like that. They and they're they can all shoot three pointers really well. Uh, yeah, Rick Rick Barry, just one of the one of the greats. Number 10. Didn't one of his kids win the dunk contest one year? Uh, probably. Muggsy Bogues. His stepson. It's his stepson on his uh, on, yeah, on the right. side, right? Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, on that note, number 10, Rick Barry. I guess I'm wrong about that. Who knows? <laughs> that was... we'll, we'll have to check. We'll have to I check. don't think a Barry has ever won a dunk contest. At least they shouldn't have. There you go. All right, now I'm going to have to look that up, but yeah. not right now. Not right now, because uh, you're going to bring us to number 9B. I'm going to talk about 9B. 9B. He was not from England, but he was Alex English. Yes, he was. Um, yeah, I. but the, talk about a guy that maybe a lot of people don't know about. Um, like over 20 points a game, 50% from the field, and only 21.7% uh, from the three-point range. But... Um, no, they didn't, and a half. didn't exist when he first started. <laughs> right, right. But still, he when 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 they started keeping that stat, he wasn't exactly lighting it up from outside the arc. So, uh, but uh, five and a half rebounds and three and a half assists, and uh, about a steal a game. Uh, eight-time All Star and uh, uh, three-time All NBA scoring champ in '82 and '83, leading the league with twenty-eight point four. Uh, points per game and played the bulk of his career 11 seasons with Denver and a couple seasons with uh, Milwaukee and Indiana and uh, I think one year with uh, Dallas as well. Uh, durable guy, rarely missed games. Um, he was great. Yeah, he was. Yeah, uh, the, the nickname's The Blade, one of the great nicknames of all time, and Flick. Yeah. Well, there said, you go. Six, you six durable seven. guy. Yes, he, he was a he was so a adorable guy. He was he was a wing player. Well, he, was, you know? he was he was cute. He was adorable. Yeah. I think he's best nugget of all time. I mean, somebody I mean, might take that crown from him, but when I, think he became, lot, I think a lot of people would tell you he's the best nugget of all time. Yeah, when he became a starter, um, with Denver. Uh, let's see here. Okay, um, yeah. He basically started every single game. Yeah. Between 1981 and uh, 1990. Some, some good Denver teams. You know, I mean, it, had David Thompson not run into the problems that he ran into, th those two together were 
one of the best duos in the NBA for a couple seasons there. And he kind of straddled the fat weaver and Issel and era of Denver. He's just one of the best. Yeah. Alex English, 9B on our list. 9B, Alex English. I will take number 9A. Number 9A is Adrian Dantley. Same era. Same era. Adrian Delano Dantley. Uh, you know, the, uh, the whole middle name thing there. Um, is the uh, first round pick six overall uh, by the Buffalo Braves in 1976. Um, played a season there, went to the Pacers uh, for a brief stint, and then uh, made it to the Lakers. Then he got to the Jazz. Um, played on the Jazz, uh, the Pistons for uh, for uh, Jazz for seven seasons, uh, the Pistons for a few, down to the Mavericks for a season, the Bucks for a season. Um, yeah, and then uh, then he was an assistant coach with the Nuggets for uh, what, eight seasons, nine seasons, something like that. But uh, six time uh, NBA All Star, uh, eighty through eighty two and eighty four through eighty six. Um, two-time NBA uh, All-Second Team, All-NBA Second Team, uh, NBA Comeback Player of the Year in 84, NBA Rookie of the Year in 77. He made the All-Rookie Team in 77. Uh, two-time NBA Scoring Champion in 81 and 84. His number four is retired by the Jazz. Um, yeah, 23,177 uh, points uh, in his uh, career stats, 24.3 points per game. He had 5,455 rebounds. And twenty eight hundred and thirty uh, assists. He, uh, he he was a great uh, low post uh, scorer. Yeah, uh, undersized too. Kind of yeah. a small small forward and one of the best post players. And crazy and a great scoring record too. I mean, he's, he he shot fifty four percent from the field for his uh, for his career. Baseline was, turnaround. Yeah, it was insane. Uh, powerful explosiveness. Crazy. Um, just. Uh, unstoppable from uh from the perimeter uh crazy good player but there you go uh, oh, no, no, no championships though unfortunately no nobody on nobody on the jazz has any championships <laughs> well they played on you know 90 other teams to, you know they might have picked one up here and there yeah but uh, a lot of these guys uh, done up championships by the way the barry that i was referring to before was uh brent barry Brent Barry, who won the NBA Slam Dunk Contest in 1996. That that tells you that we're not getting the cream of the crop in this Slam Dunk Contest. Well, Brent Barry's, a, yeah, Brent Barry, Rick, one yeah. of Brent Barry's kids, and I, I'm pretty sure he did it without taking off his sweatpants. He did it with no shoes, <laughs> which was, which and a blindfold. That's right, blindfold, so, uh, sweatpants on, and and barefoot. He was competing against. Uh, He's wearing socks that made it even harder. Roseanne Barr and Webster. (laughs) (laughs) It was Roseanne Barr. No, but yeah, it it? was Roseanne Barr and Webster. Webster was on Roseanne Barr. Yeah. All right. So let's not start rumors. (laughs) Anyway, on that note, number nine A was uh, Adrian Dantley. Mr. Harry Lugnuts, will you please let us know who number eight is? Number eight is none other than one of the best players in the NBA currently right now. Two-time NBA champion, the Claw, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, I mean, you know, look, uh, I was totally sad when he left the Spurs because I really thought that Spurs team had a chance to, to dethrone the Golden State Warriors, but... Went on to Toronto, won one of the, you know, 
most exciting, I think, championships and and one of the biggest upsets in the, in the last few years. And then said goodbye to Toronto to come back to L.A. and play for the Clippers. And uh, I think he's got something to prove. It is, he's when you talk about guys who playing both sides of the, of the ball, he you know when you talk offense and defense together, he might be at the top of this list. And at the end of the t- at the end of the day, who knows where he's going to be? But uh, Kawhi Leonard's one of the top three or four basketball players I think in the NBA right now. And there's been years where I think he was the best player in the league. He's two time NBA champion. Two-time NBA Finals MVP, five-time All-Star, NBA All-Star Game MVP, three-time All-Defensive Team, two-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year, la-da-da-da-da-da-da. I mean, right now what it's going to be is can Kawhi, with this move to to the Clippers, can he compete with with what's going on in L.A. and, and not only – overtake the, the Lakers, but can he, can Kawhi and Paul George, can Kawhi do what Kawhi does and beat a, a loaded Lakers and Brooklyn Nets team? Who knows? But uh, if I'm starting an NBA team today, he's certainly one of the top two or three guys that are going to be picked, uh, picked first. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's an interesting player in that he, he always looks like he's moving slower than he actually is, but he's so methodical and so good and so strong. Um, he's he's a small forward who's kind of moved the forward out to the wing position. He kind of played. He can play down low. He can go to the basket. He can cover pretty much almost any position on the court, and he does at times. And um, I think he's still the best defensive player in the NBA right now. And oh, by the way, he just happens to uh, when he needs to, he can average you know twenty five and ten. So uh, there there you go, Mr. Kawhi Leonard. Two, two rings and counting. Two rings and counting. Will there be a third? Or a fourth, for that matter? I'll probably join the Nets next year. There you go. Oh, well, why not? Why <laughs> yeah, not? sure. Or maybe he goes <laughs> to Milwaukee and uh, averages that out. So, anyway, number eight, Kawhi Leonard. Pete, let us know who number seven is. Number seven, uh, well-loved by fans everywhere, really, because... Sure, he- why not? Well, no, not because necessarily of his personality. Oh, that might have something to do with it. <laughs> um, but I did love him in the uh, – uh, and there was a – I think it was a 30 for 30 about Scotty or something like that. Um, kind of a misunderstood guy. Scotty Pippen is what we're talking about. The reason he was not liked by fans everywhere was because he was on some teams that were pretty good uh, when the Bulls were winning all of those championships. Six of them, in fact, for Scotty. Uh, seven times an all-star and ten times an all-defensive player. Uh, the ultimate wingman, the ultimate Robin, if you will, to Michael Jordan's Batman. And um, Steel's champion in 1994-95, seven times an all-NBA. And uh, I, what can you say about Scottie Pippen? I could uh, say a lot, but I'm trying to be nice. Yeah, now listen, he <laughs> couldn't win without Jordan, but he was, like I said, he was the perfect um, second uh, fiddle, so to speak. Uh, 16.1 points per game. Uh, played 1178 games. 47% from the field. 32 from behind the arc. 6.4 rebounds. 5.2 assists, and a couple of steals every game. He's and one of the best. Of, he's he's one of the best, if not. Some would argue he was the best defensive player of all time. He 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 was. Yeah. He yeah. was. He was. Uh, for year, he he was reinvented d- defense in a lot of ways, especially on that team where he was able to kind of be a really 
influential off the ball defender. Right. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's got the rings, you know, yeah. it's, it's, well, it, I, I think, I think a lot of times we, we like to have the story of, Oh, Jordan did it with no one. And I don't know, Horace Grant, uh, Dennis Rodman, uh, Scotty Pippen, Steve Kerr, BJ Armstrong, give any of those to Patrick Ewing. And uh, I think he'd be happy to, to see them. I think Patrick Ewing would be really happy to have Scotty Pippen for four or five years. Uh, Scotty Pippen was, he's one of those guys, much like uh, an Andre Iguodala today or a Draymond Green, where his numbers didn't ever match up to what he actually did on the court. And and I hate the Bulls. And I I think Scottie Pippen is has is one of the most unlikable superstars ever to play any sport. But he was that he he had a, an incredibly high basketball IQ. And with the exception of a couple instances where I think he punked out a little bit in the clutch um and was a little bit of a prima donna, um he he was you know he was one of the top three or four basketball players on the court at any given time in any game. And he, he always was there to any, you know, just the amount of playoff games that they won is just staggering. Yeah. And and those instances that you, you mentioned, you know, not refusing to come in the game at the end of right. the game, you know, right. because the, the shot wasn't for him, you know, those things loom large and that's what everybody remembers. You remember that stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. and what else you might say about Scott, if you really don't kind of go, do a little bit of a deep dive as you kind of go, Oh yeah, he was, he was Michael Jordan's, you know, number two and he, and he was good, but he really was better than good. Although again, the, the numbers don't necessarily look, you know, you could look at them and go, Oh yeah, these are, these are nice numbers, but what he meant to that team and, you know, Michael didn't win anything before Scotty came along. Well, and so, Scotty kind of worked himself up. I mean, I, I don't know when he when he went in the draft, but I don't think it was super high, if I remember correctly. No, it was it was not. Was it a fourth or fifth round pick or something like that? Yeah, uh, I mean, he uh, was not heavily recruited, uh, no, but out of high school either. And he was a little rough around the edges, and he he didn't he didn't he was one of those guys where like where does he play, you know? And but he was also one. He was also at times on a lot of the what people don't realize on a lot of these Bulls teams is they didn't really have a conventional point guard. And yeah, there were times when Jordan was bringing the ball up to cover a lot of times it was Scottie Pippen who the offense ran through. And so he was kind of like a point forward and he was, he was able to dominate guys who were smaller than him. And he was a good enough, skilled enough and smart enough player to play against a lot of guys who were bigger than him at that time. And, um, he was just—he he was, he always, always had the, always had the ball in his hand. He, whenever, whenever, if, if it wasn't Jordan, it was Pippen who was coming up with a big steal or a great pass or an offensive rebound when the, when you needed it. And yeah. uh, he he was he was a clutch player for all the all the things that people focus on. He was a clutch player. And again, you know, listen, sixteen points a game is nothing to sneeze at. No. And it was, uh, I think, his years in Chicago was seventeen point seven per game. So you know, that's... In, a, in a league where you won eighty five to eighty three, right, right, sure. and you know. on a, on teams that, with the exception of a couple of years, uh, had Michael Jordan, right, putting up thirty plus every right. night too. So you know, there's only and, 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 so many oh, points and, to go around. Oh, by the way, on, in 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 the two seasons when Jordan wasn't there, 
He was, uh, you know, a little bit of some crazy luck with for Alan Houston and uh, for uh, for Grandmama away from from going to the NBA finals. Right. So, yeah. Right. Um, he he was he, he he's one of those guys who you you just you know he's like Pedro Martinez to me. He's just in that same camp. Yeah, you, you just kind don't of grudgingly you, have you're to grudgingly have to they go. Were really good. Yeah. Again. Yeah. yeah. They always seem to come out on top. And that's Scottie Pippen. And he, he knows basketball. He's a smart basketball player. I mean, he's always in the right position, could could get in people's heads better than Jordan. And, and uh, maybe, maybe the greatest voice ever in the NBA. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just so far down. That's right. It's pretty, pretty amazing. The documentary about him was pretty, I was stunned to just hear him. Is this a documentary just on Pippen? Uh, maybe it was. Or was it part of that whole Bulls? It might have been. I guess it was, maybe it was part of the Bulls thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's he's obviously a big part of that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's probably what it was. But, yeah, it was a considerable, yeah. uh, you know, telling his whole story from, you know, uh, coming up out of uh, high school and through college and stuff. And But, man, with that voice is just so down low. It's kind of low, yeah. Way low. Way low. So there we go. Number well, seven, Scotty Pippen. Number seven, Scotty The man Pippen. we all hate because he. Because he won. Yeah, because he, yeah, yeah. he, he, he won against our team. Because he won against our team. He wasn't Mr. Personality, you know. I say no, like, like he was ever going to charm anybody. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't Shaq or Barkley. Let's put no. it that way. <laughs> number seven, Scotty Pippen. All right, I'll take number six. Number six is Mr. John Joseph Havlicek. John Havlicek, folks, there he is, right there. Um, Seventh overall pick in uh, the first round, 1962 draft, uh, selected by the Boston Celtics. Played his entire career with the Boston Celtics. Um, he uh, was an eight-time NBA champion, uh, 63 through 66, again in 68, 69, 74, and 76. His finals MVP in 74, 13-time uh, NBA All-Star, folks, uh, four, 13 years in a row, 66 through 78. Four-time All-NBA first team, seven-time All-NBA second team, five-time All-NBA defensive first team, three-time All-NBA defensive second team. Uh, he was an all. He was on the All-Rookie first team in '63. Uh, his number uh, 17 is retired by the Boston Celtics. Uh, 30, remember the uh, 35th anniversary team, the 50th anniversary team. Uh, he is in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, he's also in the College uh, Hall of Fame, folks. Uh, he's one of four players to have won eight championships uh, in their playing careers. Only uh, his teammates, uh, Bill Russell and Sam Jones, won more. Uh, Russell won 11 and Jones won 10. Um, but Havlicek is also one of three NBA players with an unsurpassed 8-0 and NBA Finals record. Uh, just uh, one of the most dominant players on the court uh, that, you know, in, in terms of winning <laughs> in the NBA. He was pretty uh, good. Yeah, just just a bit. His uh, his scoring ability was like exceptional. Was Never won crazy. the slam dunk contest though. He's nah. One of the best players to ever win. Although he he came in second year, Brent Barry won it. <laughs> he did come in second, <laughs> but he was also eighty at the time. That's right. That's, yeah. See uh, that that's where that's the part of the joke that you shouldn't have to say. <laughs> there you go. Well, and you know, I'm I'm looking up stuff about the '96 contest, and all I keep seeing is lists like the five worst slam dunk contests ever. <laughs> Yeah, they actually yeah, had a trampoline. And that was it. The yeah. basket. Uh, well, let's give. Our... 
The not-so-popular 1996 NBA dunk contest is mainly known for two things. Number one is Brent Berry. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds ominous. And there yeah. you have it. Well, I mean, Havlicek was definitely one of the best players to ever wear uh, a Celtics uniform. Uh, you know, along along with somebody else on this list too. And there, that, there might, yeah, there there might be another pretty, Celtic on this list. That's a pretty uh, pretty juicy list too. That's a pretty juicy list. Too, Great yeah. Celtics and Havlicek. Well, there's a third Celtic that could have been close on this list too. That isn't on the list, but True. but you know. True. And, so. um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, so he just just uh, amazing. Uh, you know, uh, seventy four Finals MVP, thirteen time All Star, eleven time All NBA selection, eight time All Defensive Team selection, Hall of Famer. Just insane. He passed away a couple years ago. Yeah, um, and every old but, racist um, dude in Boston wears his jersey. <laughs> anyway, on that note, number uh, number six, John Havlicek. Uh, Harry, why don't you tell us who number five is? Number five is none other than Mr. Kevin Durant. You know, just a six foot ten small forward. Uh, you know, again, another guy who's. I think right smack dab in the middle of his uh, career was drafted by the, yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Seattle supersonics, but uh, two-time NBA champion, two-time NBA finals, MVP, most valuable player in 2014. I can't believe he's been in a league this long already. He's 11 time NBA all-star sure. two-time all-star game MVP. And he's already been a six time all NBA first team, three times second team rookie of the year. I mean, he's, he's sort of, you know, when you look at small forward and you think about small forward, there's guys who have kind of changed the position. And Durant's certainly one of those guys. I mean, he is maybe the most efficient shooting scorer in the history of the NBA. And if he can stay healthy, he'll probably be number one on this list at some point if he wants to, uh, or at least number two or three. And, uh, he, he's he I, I think when he's healthy, he is the best player in the NBA right now. And um, that's saying a lot because there's a lot of good players, but he is he's just that good of an all around. He spreads the floor like nobody else. He's a night. He's a matchup nightmare. He's a great shooter and really efficient. He's a guy who can play on teams with other good players on them. And he doesn't he he I don't know what his career scoring average is. But I'm guessing as far as efficiency goes, he's got to be at the top of the list. I mean, he probably scores more points on the fewest shots uh, in the history of the NBA. He's just that he's that good. And, you know, he's had some he's had some serious injuries over the last three or four years. Mm -hmm. And we'll see if he can stay healthy. But he has a chance, a very good chance this year to add a third championship to it to his team. You know, he, 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 he didn't want to be known as a guy who was a bandwagon guy who went to these super teams to win championships. So he went to the nets <laughs> <laughs> and then he realized, yeah, maybe we'll add James Harden to the mix. Why not? Why? What the hell? What the hell? But you know, regardless of all of that, I think he's one of those guys who you put him on any team. And he's also one of those guys. who I think if, if you put him back in the days of, he would still dominate. He's one of those guys who I think would translate in, in, into almost any time in the NBA. And much like Magic Johnson did to the point guard position, I think he's sort of done it to the small forward position. He is, uh, he's one of the best and he's still going strong and we'll, we'll see. We'll see just where his career ends up. But uh, I hope he stays healthy because I, I really, 
I'd like to see him win a couple more championships. That'd be nice. And I'm sure a lot of Nets fans want to see him win a couple more championships too. So. Yeah, absolutely. 6'11", small forward. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, he's such a, you know, an anomaly in that sense. But, um, yeah, listen, he came to New York, and uh, I think we've talked about this before, you know, to younger players, Manhattan is not necessarily the place to be in New York. You know, it doesn't have the same kind of allure and luster. Brooklyn is the hot, right? It's all been. It's all about Long Island. Yeah, well, it's been gentrified and, uh, you know, it's the hot place to be. So came here and I think with Kyrie. I think, and... I think if the Knicks had the Nets ownership, he would be playing in the garden. Well, think, that has probably has a lot to do with it as I well. Think, I think the reason why Durant did not go to the Knicks was because of James Dole. Oh, well, I, yeah. I would think that would be I would think that would be probably the number one reason. Yeah. But I don't you know, I don't think he was, um, you know, thinking, oh, man, it's, you know, New York yeah. and Broadway because they it, look when you're in Brooklyn. You get all the best of that anyway. Yeah. Just cross the a, river and, have, and you're right there. And they have a great new arena and uh, and a better yeah. owner and the ability to to pay multiple players millions of dollars. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Durant is. uh yeah, uh, he's. Who else is like him in the league? Who else, who else has ever really uh, been yeah. like him in the <laughs> history of the NBA? Who else does all the things that he does so well? And you're right, incredibly efficient too. And really so, efficient. So uh, listen, really I'm happy he's there. So, yeah. and uh, if we don't, uh, and by we, I mean me and the Nets, uh, win a couple <laughs> of championships with this uh, combination, I may just give up on basketball altogether <laughs> because. If they don't, if you don't win with Kevin Durant and Kyrie and James Harden, uh, and what are you doing? Yeah, when are you ever going to win? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's thirty-two, so you know he's got he's got some he's got years left. You know he's got four, maybe five more years. Where especially if he's on teams with other guys who can carry a little bit of the regular season load. I mean he's yeah. also one of those guys who I don't think is going to care too much about his stats. So he could play into his late thirties. He can, yeah, yeah. But in a big game, he could still score thirty-two points on fifteen shots. Well, look, he went to Golden State, right? And everyone went, "Oh, wow, going to a team that won seventy games." And super, but he went there, and he look, it was Steph's team. Yeah, he but, got hurt. He Durant, got hurt, and that's the reason why they lost. Right, but Durant was the man. He was the man because he was just so good. But he's always been willing to defer. He's, you know, there's no. Out, uh, outlandish or or outwardly visible ego no. with him. He just goes. He's willing to give up the ball. He's willing to do that. Just we need whatever needs to be done to win, and uh, that's a great quality about him. So you know, he won two championships with. You, people can easily argue on one of the best teams of all time. When you sure. when you look at a team that had Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and the other cast of you know the Andre Iguodala's and. Uh, Draymond's of the world Draymond, are, some, yeah. are some of the best role players to ever play the game. Well, right. You you're supposed to win when, you, when you're when you on those teams. Yeah, you're supposed to win and when they, you're on those And teams. would have had another one if it wasn't for the greatest player ever to play the game in LeBron. You know, so. Uh, yeah. Still, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's still a pretty good resume. But you, lo- you lost one to LeBron, which, you know, is one of the great all-time NBA stories, I think. Yeah, sure. Right. And 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 when Clay and him went down, you know that opened it up for Kawhi to to to, to and Toronto to win it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. He's he's one of those guys who he's not as captivating of a story as Kawhi, as Kyrie or James Harden or he's but he's 
he's just one of these guys who's who can really score. He could do anything on the basketball court, and he makes it look really easy. And I think that's part of the problem is he just is that good. And if he could stay healthy, uh, there's an argument that he's the best player in the NBA, even putting Kawhi and LeBron into that same basket. He can, he's just can do things that nobody else can do. Yeah. I think if you look at what he's, you know, what he's done when, when he's played this season, when he's been healthy and you look at those numbers and that efficiency, you have to put him right up there with LeBron and AD. I've probably put him over Anthony Davis. Well, he's a four-time scoring champion. Oh, yeah, he's well over Anthony Davis, yeah. without a doubt. So, uh, but, I mean, yeah. as far as heading into this season, talking about, you know, who's number one and who's number two. and uh, He just – and, of course, he's coming back off an injury, coming from an injury when we didn't know what he was going to do, right? And we were – well, if you get 80% of KD, then you're going to have, you know, a, a great player. Well, you know, people who see him – and who you know live and breathe basketball? Go, yeah, you're getting way more than eighty percent of. Yeah, you know, he's he's never he's really back. he's never had to play on a bad team. He's no. never not had one or two or three all stars on the same team as him. And when he was with Oklahoma City, that was a stacked team that a lot of people said underperformed. Then he went to Golden State, and obviously they overperformed in a lot of ways. And now this is in a lot of ways Durant's team, and Kyrie and James Harden are saying, hey. I'm going to come. We're going to do what we need to do to win. I, I hope Durant comes back healthy, and I hope that he can really get through an entire playoff without getting hurt. And, yeah. and, and, and look, we all, want to, we, all, we, we all want to see the Lakers versus the Nets. We, everybody does. I mean, that's, 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 the, that's the marquee matchup. I think you would and, rather see the uh, Nuggets versus the Nets. but Well, I'd rather, you know, yeah, it's not going to happen, though. <laughs> Yeah, well, there you go. Number five, Kevin Durant. Um, Peter, listen to who number four is. Number four, the only guy on this list named Elgin. Is this true? Uh, Elgin Baylor. Um, you might have heard of him. You might not have. Uh, 846 games in his career, all of it with the Lakers, although the first couple of years were the uh, Milwaukee Lakers. <laughs> uh, before going to you mean you know, the like, Minnesota? Uh, the Minnesota, yeah, that's what it was. I knew that was wrong, and I was trying to remember what the actual place was. Uh, anyway, one of those uh, M's. Yeah, those whatever. Out, it's out there, and it starts with an M, so they're all the same. Uh, Twenty-seven point four points per game, forty-three percent from the field, three point uh-uh, NA. Uh, as far as shooting percentage from three-point range goes, because it wasn't happening. Uh, 13.5 rebounds per game. That's a big number there, right there. Especially and, when uh, he played you know, he played with some some other guys who could rebound and grab. Yeah, there, was, there were some guys that, with uh, long legs and big hands getting uh, rebounds, yeah. too. <laughs> 4.3 assists per game, 11 times an all-star. Uh, let me look at his accolades here. 10 times all-NBA. Uh, rookie of the year, 58-59. Uh, look, he had a down year in 63 and 64 when he only scored 25.4, only yeah. averaged 25.4 points per game. Maybe awesome. maybe the most <laughs> underrated player in the history of the NBA. You know, uh, yeah, this is a guy who came in, and again, 25 or as a uh, per game as a rookie, 29 the next year, 34 the next year, 38 the next year, 34 the next year. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. That's insane. And for a young player, too. 
Um, uh, at a time when, when scores were 70 to 80, 75 to 82. Well, not quite that low, but yeah. All right, maybe a little bit higher than yeah. that, but not 150 to 140. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Right. Right, yeah, he would he would drop sixty against the Nets, no problem, and still lose. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, the, you know, listen, there were seasons when he only played, uh, you know, between you know forty and sixty some odd games, but he was pretty consistent. His numbers did suffer in some of those years, uh, but he's just—I don't know—he's he, a guy that um, kind of became more valuable as a as a veteran. Sure. Yeah, I think I think you could say his that. Team, his teams got better too, and I think that was the one time he he won a championship. Didn't he only win one championship? I believe it was one. Yeah, yeah. it was because because back then it was the Lakers and the Knicks, the Lakers and the Celtics. Uh, you know, it was that he he played in that era when it was it was and you know you had the the I think the Lakers lost to Washington one he of those actually, years. He actually didn't win any. He didn't no, he any. did not win a championship. Okay, because no. he he was not on the team with Jerry. With Jerry West, that finally won one. He he had, I think, if my memory serves me correct. He either got hurt that year or retired, like right in the beginning of that year. And then they, the Lakers, finally won a. They finally overcame it, and I think they beat Boston or or the Knicks. I can't remember, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, his uh, final season was seventy one, seventy two. Okay. Yeah, and that was the that was the year that I think the Bullets won, or the uh, the year after the Knicks won, and then I think. The, the, I Lake, think he, the Lakers yeah. won it in 72-73. Right. Yeah, and, and then, he and he was I mean he his last three seasons he played 54 games and then he must have been hurt two games in 70, hurt, 71 hurt, yeah. and then nine games in 71-72 and then and, then, and then he retired uh, then he retired and then they won which you know unfortunately yeah. happens to some great players sometimes but mm-hmm. yeah if you're looking for um somebody you want uh you know your your kid to model their game after Elgin Baylor is a pretty good choice. Yeah. Just yeah, just a little bit of a good choice. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right. Number four. Number, number four on our list. Number four on our list. Elgin Baylor. I not 4A. Not 4A. Certainly not 4B. Only 4. Number four. Yeah, number by, four. By himself. By himself. The Quattro. There. The Quattro. There you go. That's his new nickname, The Quattro. I'll take number three. Number three is, uh, speaking of slam dunk competition, Mr. Slam Dunk himself. I mean, he's no Brent Barry. He's no Brent Barry, but then again. Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, <laughs> some of the other members, I haven't been able to find the whole, uh, some of the other members of that 96. Do you, got, you, you going into your microfiche? <laughs> BJ Armstrong. Oh, God. Uh, he's never dunked in his life. Michael Finley. Well, Armstrong actually did a layup in that <laughs> Right. During the dunk contest, Michael Finley a, did a layup a, for a, his dunk. A, a very good small forward. Or, yeah, I guess yeah, two guard. Michael Finley, good player. Dallas and um, and uh, Greg Miner. God. So there you go. May as well have probably, had Greg Ostertag. Uh, I think Miner was more known for his uh, Nike commercial than he was, for anything he, was he more, ever did he on was, the court. He was more known for his bluegrass band that <laughs> did one album oh, with Warner Brothers. So there well, you anyway, go. Back wow. to the list. Uh, slam dunk wise, Doctor J. That's all folks, I have to say about the slam dunk contest. Doctor J, folks, is number three on our list. Uh, Julius Julius Irving, uh, Julius Winfield Irving the uh, second, to be exact. Uh, he was um, interesting story. Uh, he was uh, picked twelfth overall in the first round uh, of the seventy two draft. However, he was already playing in the ABA uh, at the time uh, for the Virginia Squires. Um, and uh, he was drafted by the uh, by the Bucks, 
And had he actually gone to the Bucks, it would have been uh, Dr. Oscar. J, Oscar Robertson, and, and Kareem, Kareem. on the same team. Holy crap. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, that would have been but, fun to watch. They, that's kind of like the Nets today. Yeah. But he, uh, yeah, really, yeah, that was that was the that was the uh, superstar team at the time. Um, it would have been anyway. But he, uh, and, and ironically, he was playing for the Virginia Squires. He and before the draft, he signed a one million dollar deal with the Atlanta Hawks. So and then it went to a, a court uh, dispute, and a judge ruled that uh, he couldn't play for any team uh, that wasn't the Virginia Squires, since he was already playing in the ABA. So he uh, he played, uh, you know, another year. Uh, for the Virginia Squires, and uh, they were financially strapped, so they traded him to the New York Nets. And there he is, and he played uh, a few years for them and then went on to his fame in Philly with the 76ers. He uh, won an NBA championship with them in 83, uh, two-time ABA champion in 74 and 76 uh, with the uh, the Nets, Um, two-time ABA playoffs MVP both those years, 74 and 76, uh, most valuable player in '81 with the uh, with the Sixers, three-time ABA Most Valuable Player. Uh, all three years he was on uh, the uh, the Nets. Um, Eleven-time All Star, uh, five-time ABA All Star, um, two-time NBA All Star Game MVP, uh, five-time All NBA First Team, two-time All NBA Second Team. I can go on and on and on. You get the idea. And, and a Long Island guy. And yeah, Long Island guy he was born in East Meadow. Um, but he, uh, 30,026 points. He averaged 24.2 points per game, uh, over 10,000 rebounds for his career, 10,525. And, uh, that's, uh, eight and a half rebounds per game and 5,176 assists, uh, in his, uh, in his career. Uh, he's one of the, one of the greatest dunkers. I mean, you know, he was, he was the coolest basketball player of all time. It's just amazing. Yeah, I, you when, know, when he took off from the from the from the foul line and dunked it, I still think he has the best play. His is that reverse layup that he did, where it looked like he was literally floating in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Unbelievable. Like, how the hell did he actually do that? Like that yeah. that uh, that one scene where uh, uh, Jordan goes up and he uh, in uh, was that Space Jam the movie yeah. where he's just he's just gliding like over every other player. That was Doctor J. Everybody wanted to be Dr. J. Absolutely. So just uh, insane, though. Uh, I mean, you know, he was he was the original highlight reel, <laughs> you know, um, just uh, crazy good stuff. Just an amazing player. Uh, 20, 24 for two points per game, uh, eight and a half rebounds per game, four uh, four point two uh, assists per game, uh, two steals per game. Uh, just uh, it got, like I said, on and on. And he's obviously in the Hall of Fame. So there you go. Yeah, if you get a chance to see the documentary about him, uh, I think NBA, it's really good. NBA TV made it fantastic, and it really goes into a lot of how influential he was on the game and yeah. how he really was so much more than just a highlight reel. And right. uh, you know, he was a tough. He was a tough guy too, which nobody really, you know. He, I remember him and Larry Bird going at it like fisticuffs, literally just punching the shit out of each other. He, uh, he really wanted to win. He only got one championship yeah but uh um, well, he had two aba championships with the nets so yeah okay yeah <laughs> but they right they were you know that was like uh yeah uh, afl championships you know right they, they, exactly. they the upstart league and but i tell you what when those leagues when they merged 
the NBA certainly adopted much more of the ABA style of play. Well, Dr. J became the star of the league. You right. Know, look, and, think and, about you know, all look, those ABA players, the George Gervins, the Dr. Jays, the, you know, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of them, the fat leaders that, of the world. You know, and it was that kind of, uh, you know, Moses Malone, the playground, uh, the playground style of play, you know, which yeah. uh, was was exciting to watch, and you know, it wasn't that you know the set offense coming down the uh, down the court every time, and sure. which you know propelled the the Lakers to numerous championships, obviously, or the uh, uh, Celtics in particular to numerous championships, but yeah. the, the league, you know, started to grow, and it wasn't just uh, filled with white guys running set plays when the ABA came to town and, yeah. uh, Ju and, and Julius was the face of it all. So he was, he was and not, not a tough guy off the court, soft spoken, no. you know, um, a, a gentleman, uh, smart, through through. smart and, guy. And, uh, yeah. he's done a lot off the court as well. And he's, uh, it, I mean, I still think is, is there anybody cooler than Dr. J that's ever played, Basketball? I'm sorry. You could say Michael Jordan. He's not. He was not as cool as Dr. J. No, no, no. No one's as cool as Dr. J. No one ever will be. No, no, no yeah. one ever. Yeah, will he, be. I mean, he was. Yeah, he was really kind of the first modern superstar. Yep. Right. And in, in you know personality and the things he could do, and he was great. He was. Number three, Dr. J. Julius Irving. Um, Harry, let us know who number two is. Number two is none other than the hick from French Lick, Larry Legend, Mr. Larry Bird. You know, it's it's interesting. I, I remember watching the, uh, I think it was a five or six part documentary about the, the rivalry between the Lakers and the Celtics. And, and obviously the Bird magic years is what was, was featured a lot during this time. La Larry Bird is... He's got to be it, – it's it's amazing that he's not number one on this list because, let's face it, the, the person who's number one, I think everybody knows who it's going to be, is just sort of his his sheer athleticism and longevity is what makes him number one. But Larry, Larry Bird, who played through a lot of injuries, still was a three-time NBA champion at a time when he had to go up against Magic Johnson and the Isaiah Thomases of the world in the early days of Michael Jordan and the Knicks and – uh, he's a two-time NBA Finals MVP, a three-time Most Valuable Player, 12-time All-Star, nine-time NBA All-First Team, one of the best defensive players in the history of the game. And other than Michael Jordan, including LeBron, including some of, some of the other players who are currently playing the game, I don't think there was an, ever a player who came up bigger in the final moments of a game. And if you really want to understand what Larry Bird was all about, you need to watch that documentary where I, I think it was James Worthy who just basically said, he came up to us in the timeout and said, I'm going to go in the corner. They're going to pass me the ball. You're going to have your hand in my face. I'm going to shoot it over you and I'm going to win the game. And that's what he did. He couldn't jump. He couldn't run. He was too slow, but he was, you know, I, I, in a, playing for a franchise that maybe is the most storied franchise in the history of pro sports, let alone the NBA. He's the best Celtic of all time. 
And that says a lot. But he was is without a doubt the best person to ever step on the garden court at, at the Boston Garden. And um Yeah, great. I, he he had he had a good long career. The end of his career, he was literally had to lay down on the court when he wasn't out there because that's how much pain he was in. And it took its toll on him. Yeah. But he was just one of those guys who just always was one step ahead of everybody else on the court. And when the game was on the line, I'm I'm sorry, when the game's on the line and you have one player to, to, to have the ball in the history of the NBA, I'm tossing a coin between Michael Jordan and Larry Bird because they're both that good in the clutch. Yeah, he's 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 just incredible. And oh, by the way, even in a time when his career was kind of cut short, he still averaged over 24 points, 10 rebounds, and six and a half assists a game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's not much else you could say about him. He's he's yeah. one of the best players in the history of the game, and and an interesting guy, and an interesting story, and. I think he'll always be remembered as part of the, the of the of the drama and the rivalry with him and Magic, and those were the guys who really brought the NBA back up to a level that set the table for Michael Jordan, and now LeBron and all of the other uh, players who have sort of kept the NBA where it's at as as the sport that the NBA was not as popular as it was, and Magic and Larry. Were certainly part of that and then you know then along came michael and the rest is history sure yeah you t- talk about you know being at the top of a storied list of names right best celtic ever that's i don't know if there's a a better list to be at the top of yeah so, when, when, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of great names on that list and, and also you know he, he played those rivalries he played at a time where I mean, and and he had good players around him, but there were other teams like the Lakers who had, re, you know, these all-time great well, and, players and, and, around and pe- them. People forget he had to get through the Pistons. He had to get right. through the Knicks, a Knicks team that took him to seven games. Yeah, you know when Bernard King was healthy, he had to get past, uh, you know, Atlanta, and he, they had to play t- teams that there there was a lot of good teams in the eighties. There there was a lot of parity in the in, especially in the Eastern Conference. And yeah, oh by the way, when we make it to the finals, we got to play Magic and yeah, Worthy play and, Magic Kareem and, and Kareem. And right. The list goes on and on. I mean, if you look you at know. those Celtics Laker rivalries and you look at the players on the court at any time, top 7 players, guys sitting on the well, bench yeah, right. that are Hall of Famers. Yeah, that's you what know, I mean oh, like oh by, oh by the way, our sixth man is Bob McAdoo. Right. You know, yeah, I, mean, I was going to say Michael Jordan faced teams with quality players, but nobody like that in, uh, you know, again, not trying to disparage Jordan because you can only, you know, you can only play and beat the team that's in front of you, but man, you know, Larry was doing it against legends and that's part of what made him a legend. Yeah. Yeah, He's, and you know, again, he's one of those guys who, uh, it just, it took its toll on him and uh, much like magic, magic's career was cut short for other reasons. Had they, had they been in today's game, had they, come out of college earlier had they had this you know load management and all of the sort of uh sports medicine that goes into the, today's game you know if, if larry was able to play three more seasons in his prime i think he would have had another two championships right right and imagine if the game wasn't 
you know, quite just a little bit less physical than it was. And right. if he hadn't played those last several seasons hurt and, and missing right. games and hampered and not, you know, I mean, he's and he was still turning out amazing performances yes. and and hitting the shot in the clutch. But boy, you know, what what would his numbers have been if he had been, you know, 30 percent healthier, right. uh, especially over those last few seasons? And yeah. And you're right. He could have played a couple more even at less than 100% of pure Larry Bird, he could have played two or three or maybe four more seasons. And, you know, he, he would have been. Yeah. And and those were, those were to me, watching the Celtics versus the Lakers for those years. I don't, how many, what did they, they met each other, what, five times in the finals? I think it was four or five times. Four or five yeah. times. Um, unbelievable. I'll, if they come on, if they're on TV on NBA classics, I'm watching it. I, I, Absolutely. I, there's never been a better rivalry that I've watched in sports other than maybe, you know, the Yankees Dodgers or the Yankees uh, Red Sox, but it's still not as good and not as consistently a toss up as those right. Celtics. Yeah. And, and like you talk about, you know, kind of regenerating interest oh, yeah. in the and, NBA. And that that rivalry was kind of like the McGuire and Sosa. Oh, it's run it, chase it, of baseball. So much more, yeah. So right, right. More. But I mean, it, you know, that everyone was, everybody yeah. was picking a side. Everybody was wearing Converse. Pink. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and either, yeah, right, either green or uh, you know, or, or yellow and, and yellow and blue. Yeah. yeah. So and uh, energize, energize. There, there, there is a mix. there is a great ad for Converse All Stars, and I. Keep, but if you look at who was in it, it was fantastic. It was Bird and Magic, and I think it was Bernard King and. Uh, uh, God, maybe James Worthy. I can't remember, but it was, it's, it's probably from 85, 84, 85, 86, somewhere in that time period. And it's just like, wow, this is a, this is a hell of a, hell of a lineup. This is a good way to sell, good way to sell sneakers. The all-star commercial. Yeah. Well, I remember, uh, I wanted to mention before, uh, I remember a, it was an ad, I think, for shoes, I think, in the back of a comic book. It was a little one-page comic with Dr. J and uh, Rick. Oh, that's Barry. who it was, Dr. J. Dr. J was the other it guy. Was Dr. Was J it. and Rick Barry uh, and, uh, at a playground with a bunch of kids, and Dr. J, of course, slams it from you know behind the building next to the court or whatever, and then Rick Barry goes, now it's my turn, and shoots like a 30-foot shot, and the kids are like, wow, how could you guys are so good? And they're like, it's the shoes or you know right and right. it was in the back of a comic book you know these right. are two of the all-time nba greats right all right here's here's the here's the converse ad it's isaiah uh larry bird magic johnson bernard king mark aguire kevin McHale. a few a few few names you might have that's, heard before yeah that's uh, you know anything about basketball yeah that's a pretty good uh that's a pretty good starting team right there now uh, what what was the price tag i wonder i don't know it's on it that commercial that. you know compared oh, to, yeah. yeah compared to you know what any other commercial running would have compared like, to, that what, might have cost compared more to than, what kim kardashian gets to promote lipstick on Instagram. well that yeah. look something like that might have cost more than like a, a a super bowl commercial yeah you know yeah who knows who knows? But uh, yeah, those were uh, Larry Bird. There you go. Larry, and and uh, again, another guy who just you just knew he, the Knicks could never get past them. And the Knicks had some pretty good teams before Ewing 
You know, that, that one playoff series with King against the – and Bernard King, I think he scored – I think he averaged 40 – almost 40 points <laughs> against him. It's, it's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Three broken right. fingers and yeah. – uh, Look, he could put up, you know, almost 50 almost at will. Yeah. <laughs> Bernard King. Yeah. Larry Bird, <laughs> one of the best ever. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll begrudgingly give Boston their due and say he's uh, – he lives up to all the hype. There you go. Um, I'll find it in a minute. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> the Converse ad? Yeah, I was just going to put it up on the screen, but I gotta, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pull I, it up I, in a second. I sent it to you. There you go. All right. Well, there you go. Number two, Larry Bird. Um, Pete, why don't you tell us who number one is, unless anybody that really doesn't know who it is. So. Number one is Kerry Kittles. Kerry Kittles. <laughs> Thought it was Ernie Grunfeld. Uh, it's LeBron. I do. I even need to. I guess I will. There's so many things to say about LeBron. Uh, let's see. Seventeen times an All Star, one scoring title. That seems odd, doesn't it? But only one, and that was thirty points a game. So not bad. Four-time NBA champion, of course. Six times an All-Defensive player. Uh, four MVPs. Uh, 16 times All-NBA. Four-time the Finals MVP. Rookie of the Year. Look, and this is a guy uh, who came out. Oh, I'll give you some more numbers here. Uh, 27 points per game, uh, seven and a half rebounds, and seven and a half assists. Uh, this is a guy. Look, I'm I'm someone who doesn't like media that gives hype to players before they actually do anything. And LeBron obviously got a lot of attention, uh, but guys like LeBron and Bryce Harper and stuff, I'm like, yeah, yeah, let me let me see if you're the real deal. You don't deserve this all this talk. Although I did enjoy um, one incident before LeBron became a professional where there was some sort of controversy about his mother apparently uh, getting a, a Humvee or, or a car or something from... Uh, uh, I, I guess from um, his perspective, he was in high school, and uh, maybe it was from figure it was from the Cleveland uh, or or something like that. So somebody had given his mom a car, maybe it was an agent or something, and so he came out and before one of his high school games, he had a little remote control Humvee that he brought out and <laughs> drove around on the court, uh, kind of you know sticking his thumb in the eye. Uh, which I thought showed a, a sense of humor. And look, he's, we all talk about the decision and all that, but um, he's just, what can you say about LeBron? He's just incredible. And he just keeps going and he's 78 years old now. And he's, uh, you know, probably going to win another championship. I think he deserves everything that all the accolades that he has been given. Yeah. Um, and that's probably, uh, you know, for me, I think the, uh, for me, that's high praise because there's a lot of guys who get a lot of um, press and a lot of accolades that eh, maybe they don't actually deserve. But I think LeBron does deserve it. Uh, he's he's other he than grew, the, he grew into it. He did, he, and he, other he than was, the decision, he, was he did everything right. He said he was, the right thing. He, he was thrown into it. Yeah, and he never had that chance like Jordan had. I mean, Jordan, how many years was Jordan in the league before he won his first championship? Seven. Yeah. Yeah. LeBron was never really afforded that. And he no. went when he went to Miami, let's face it, 
that was still Dwayne Wade's team. And that first championship was Dwayne Wade's championship. But then I think LeBron really came into his own when he went back to Cleveland. Yeah. When he won a championship at Cleveland and then won a championship, uh, you know, uh, basically on his own with Cleveland, that's when you were like, okay, this guy's for real. And, you know, he's, again, he won one last year. He's been in the finals a few times. He's, he is a physical anomaly who much like Shaq, I think if you want, I think if, if, if LeBron was not an unselfish player, I think he could average 40 points a game if he wanted to, because no, who in, who is going to stop him and he drives down the lane? No one. No well, one. And, right. And, and he's also going to get a, he's going to get a call. <laughs> and he's one of those guys. He's one of, maybe not as much as you would think he would, not as much as Jordan did. Pro- probably amongst the all time superstars, he, I will say, he does get less calls, it seems. Yeah, because of his size and his physicality. Yeah. And he did, his game has developed. He's become a much better shooter. He was not a great shooter no, when he, when he came into the league. He was not. And he's become a pretty good three-point shooter, which he was not. Even when he was on the heat, he was not a great three-point shooter. Yeah. Um, and, and he's become a guy who just has the the durability to just keep playing. And it's not like he's sitting on the bench taking games off. The guy's averaging 40 minutes a game. Yeah. And he <clears throat> keeps everybody involved. You're right. He facilitates as much as He's a as point forward. Yeah, it's not you know you don't get on that team and kind of, at least not not now they put some talent around him you know when a couple of years in Cleveland there it was LeBron and nobody else and you know listen that was one of the one of the dark moments at uh, finals against the Celtics when they, everybody said oh he quit he gave up I'm like well you know name one other player on that team that he put the entire team on his back and right. took him to the finals right. and lost to a pretty talented Celtic team. So, you know, it's you got to forgive some people some transgressions. But other than that, he's done and said everything right. He's been an ambassador for the game. Um, he's, he's definitely earned everything that he's got. Yeah, and, and what sets him apart from some of his predecessors is that in a way that I think is very articulate – and and balanced and measured he's been he's been a spokesperson for things outside of basketball he's spoken up on yeah. on issues of the day in a way that i think has really given some uh notoriety to them and, and given them a, a place in the spotlight and i think that his voice is a voice that's very well respected by a large group of people and because of that i think you know, you have to give him props. There's, there's people like Bill Russell and people like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who have taken on hard issues and have become really smart, you know, spokespeople for, you know, uh, for whatever side of, of, of the issue that, they, that they're taking. Right. And I think I'm- LeBron is one of the few people in today's, uh, you know, sports celebrities who – when he talks about something, people stop and listen. Yeah, and that's one of the knocks against Jordan. Sure, is that he didn't, you know, didn't take a stand on some yeah. things. So there you go. Yeah, I listen. That's give credit where credit is due. This is true. Well, there he is, number one, LeBron the King James. There he is. Um, got one thing for you, really quick. 
There you go. There it is. There's the yeah. Yeah. Um, see those guys out on a playground somewhere (laughs) wearing their converse you don't realize how big how big mark aguirre was yeah yeah you know he was a hell of a he's you know i guess technically a small forward right or was he a two it was a two yeah two that's a pretty good team right there though that's a great team right there (laughs) can you imagine (laughs) Uh, uh, anyway. Just ask Isaiah, he'll tell you. Yeah, right. <laughs> there you go. So, well, anyway, um, that kind of brings us to uh, our next segment. Of course, I don't have the sounder ready, but it's okay. I'll just keep talking until I get it ready. There we go. Brings us to our next segment of Old Balls. Old Balls. Harry Lugnuts, why don't you tell us who our Old Balls recipient is today? Old Balls recipient today is my favorite small forward of all time. And look, I'm going to go out on on a limb here and say maybe the second best New York Nick of all time. And a lot of people won't agree with me, but none other than Mr. Bernard King. Brooklyn boy uh, was drafted actually by the New Jersey Nets. Played a couple years for the Nets out of the University of Tennessee. Uh, went to the Jazz and the Warriors and then uh, was traded to the Knicks in exchange for Michael Ray Richardson. And I think it's really his career with the Knicks where that most people remember him for. And as I think I was mentioning earlier, there was a time when Bernard King was not only the best small forward in the league, I, I would say that Bernard King was the best player in the NBA. And he was a four-time NBA All-Star, a two-time NBA All-First Team he uh, he was the NBA all-rookie team, and it was the NBA scoring champion in 85. And in 84, 85, and 86, Bernard King was really dominating basketball and reviving the Knicks at the Garden. Yeah, he, you know, I, I honestly think if Bernard King stayed healthy, the Knicks might have won a championship with him. And the reason why I say that is that they, 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 t- with, with King and not a lot of the talent around him, they took the Boston Celtics who went on to win the championship that year to seven games. Yeah. And I think, you know, and, and then there's a lot of people who say, well, you know, if King didn't get hurt, the Knicks would never have had Patrick Ewing, um, blah, blah, blah. But he was, I watched a lot of Bernard King and I don't think there was ever a more beautiful, player to watch, whether it was on the wing or his turnaround jumper. He had a way of running the wing and diving to the basket that I just, you just don't see anymore. And he was, he, he was tough. He was, it seemed like he always had broken fingers. It seemed like he was always hurt. And, um, you know, he, he, he tore his ACL towards the end of the season. Uh, He, he rehabilitated. And at the time, nobody ever came back from an ACL tear like that. He stayed out of the media completely. This was at a time when you could do that. And he came back. And his first games back, he he averaged almost 23 points a game. But he didn't have quite the explosiveness and quite the the, the sort of dynamic game that he had. And the Knicks, the Knicks uh, released him uh, in, for the 87 season. And, and, and I think that was one of the saddest moments for me as a Knicks fan. And what did Bernard King do then? He... Came back, played for the Washington Bullets, averaged 20-plus points, 
in three consecutive seasons and, uh, you know, averaged 28.4 points a game at the age of 34 and, and came and was an all-star once again in a career that, you know, had its ups and downs and obviously had a big chunk of time where he didn't play because of injury. Um, he still averaged over 22.5 points a game, almost six rebounds and three and a half assists. There, Like I said, he was one of those guys who could put up 60 or score 50 in back-to-back games at a time when nobody was doing that. He was that good of a scorer. And this wasn't at a time when it was an up and down, you know, 127 to 125 league. No, this was still in the 80s, going into the 90s, when basketball still was pretty physical. And um, he was he he was one of the greatest. And had he stayed healthy and had he stayed on the Knicks, uh, I, I do think the Knicks would have won a championship with him. I really do. I, I think they had the, the 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 pieces to do it. Yeah, it's quite and, possible. And you know, you could talk about Willis Reed, and you could talk about you know Patrick Ewing and and uh, Walt Frazier. He he was he's one of the best Knicks of all time. There was never a better scorer that put, that put on a Knicks uniform than Bernard King. That's a fair statement. I have to say that's fair. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, there you go. This week's old balls. Old balls. By the way, just a quick um, just to clarify uh, the LeBron's uh, LeBron James Hummer story. So his mom bought him a Hummer <laughs> for his 18th birthday. Okay, which drove people crazy because they were in public housing. Where did the money in? Didn't have any money, but she basically got the loan for the Hummer because they were banking on LeBron James being a superstar. This is his senior year in high school. And uh, so there was an investigation, and eventually it was uh, ruled that it was not a violation. But he did, uh, when it made the national news, he did bring a remote control Hummer to the game and drive it around on the court. And then he went out and scored 50 points. (laughs) 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 And uh, although he did get a suspension for getting a a couple of, uh, like, sweat jackets from a a local store, they... they, uh, the high school athletic uh, commissioner, whatever, came down on him for that. But he uh, did get reinstated, and uh, St. Vincent's, his high school team, they won their third state championship that year. So, But go. I do remember the story about him driving the Hummer around on the court. and To me, that kind of made me like him a little bit more. You know, that he wasn't crying victim. He was he was, he was, was having fun with it. He was rolling with so. and having fun, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah. There you go. All right. Well, that should, uh, a couple hours in, wrap up NBA for today. Whew, that's the longest <laughs> NBA so far. The longest NBA so far. Let's wrap the whole thing up. Come on. Yeah. Let's switch it up. Let's do a little, uh, I can't call it hot stove anymore. It's spring training baseball. Let's, uh, let's talk a little about that. I know we danced around um, it a little bit in the beginning, but let's let's, uh, let's start with the Mets uh, for a second. Uh, they had the opening day at, uh, at uh, Clover, uh, Clover Field yesterday. Um, uh, McNeil homered in the, I guess it was the third, uh, no, or maybe the second, I forget, but in any event, um, beautiful swing. It was gorgeous. Just, uh, <laughs> so pretty, so pretty to watch. Means nothing. Yeah, I know. But you know, what was, you know, it was more exciting to watch though than that, uh, the next inning, um, uh, whatchamacallit, they, uh, 
Astros had a runner on first and one out and uh, uh, two strikes on a batter and um, struck him out, struck the batter out while the uh, runner took off for second. Right. And uh, McCann, our, uh, the Mets' new catcher, uh, stood up and threw a bullet right to uh, Mr. Lindor and tagged him out, struck him out, throw him out. Uh, when was the last time the uh, Mets had a uh, <laughs> catcher-shortstop combo that could actually do that? You know? Well, between catchers who couldn't throw the ball back to the pitcher <laughs> <laughs> and um, catchers who just sucked and or couldn't stay healthy and actually stay on the field. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, the, exactly. Then, uh, that's a good thing to see. That's a great thing to see. It would be nice yeah. to have a competent catcher behind the plate. Sure, absolutely. McCann, his, uh, one of his nicknames is McCannon. Forget who uh, somebody uh, dubbed him that, uh, but um, hey, you know it was it certainly wasn't that play. But let's hope we see a lot of that during the, uh, the regular season. But um, Stroman looked good. Uh, Stroman looked good. Pitched two good innings uh, in the beginning. I know, like you said, it's just spring training, but that's where everybody else is right now too. So you know, you see it. Um, but he definitely super confident. They interviewed him after the game, and he said, and I quote: "This is his words. I'm not paraphrasing." My stuff's nasty, and I'm going to go out there and deal all year. So, um, hey, you know what? I hope he does. Uh, he's definitely super confident. You think there's a bullseye on him for that, though? Nobody think people are going to want to think people are going to want to tattoo him. Yeah. Some maybe. So. <laughs> Silence. Wow, that really <laughs> drives. <laughs> it's preseason baseball. I'm, I'm, my, my, my battery's running out. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. I, it, it, I I I have to admit it's I it's the old the old Mets fan in me is uh, saying, well, yeah, let's 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 wait till something wait actually happens. happens during I the regular you. season. Well, um, well, you know what? It's just a couple of things that happened this week. That's all I wanted to talk about, and that's all. But one thing I did want to bring up, as far as the Mets go, they interviewed Sandy Alderson the other day, and uh, they were talking about you know the off season and what the uh, with the moves that they did make and the ones that they let go and things that couldn't happen, so forth and so on. And and this is a little bit of a paraphrase, but uh, they were referring to Springer, and he was saying that, you know, they wouldn't do the sixth year for Springer uh, because they have other uh, other people to sign, you right. know, obviously leaning, uh, you know, hinting towards Conforto and re-signing Lindor and that. Um, but he did say this. He said, at some point, even Cohen runs out of money. Right. Yeah, yeah really? I read that. The richest owner in baseball eventually runs out of money, but other teams don't. What the hell does that even mean? Well, and and beyond that was the what was it going to be? 20, 25 million for the extra year? Right, right, right. right. That's what's going to break no, you to I get, get George Springer. Like, it's not the issue. Yeah, that's what's going to break you to get George Springer. It's that that's that's insane. I mean, if he wanted to say, hey, look, you know what, Steve Cohen doesn't want to dance too far over the luxury tax. We got a couple other players that we have to bring up that are probably going to push us over, and other moves we want to make throughout the season and the end of this season, so forth and so on. And that, and that's all well and good, and that's fine, but. But to say that even at some point Steve Cohen runs out of money makes no sense. That yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna come out and say, look, we have a number, and this is as high as we want to go. And right. I'm not going to tell you guys necessarily what it is. You don't even right. have to, you know. But this is where we and and signing Springer would have you know made it more difficult. Sure. I mean, it's essentially what he said. Right. Um, uh, to do with the other things we want to do, okay, but th- don't give me this. Uh, you know, yeah, Cohen he, doesn't have the gonna, money. He's going to run out of money. Bullshit. That's please. That's <laughs> he, please. 
He's got twenty million in his pocket, like I got five bucks in my pocket. Yeah, pretty much. Give me, pretty give much me a break. Carries it around his wallet. So. Yeah, that that was kind of a That's stupid a, thing to say. Stupid thing to say. So, um, and they are just on another note for the Mets. They are wearing a uh, uh, Seavers forty-one patch on their jerseys all year this year. Uh, yeah, honoring Tom Seavers, hoping hoping that his ghost will come back and be able to pitch Game Three of the playoffs. Yeah, maybe some of that uh, ghostly spirit will rub off on him. Whoa. Hey, uh, speaking of the Mets, how about that Mickey Calloway? How about that Mickey Calloway? <laughs> he just keeps doing offensive things. Unbelievable, unbelievable. <laughs> Let's not speak of Mets when we speak about Mickey Calloway. Though. How about here's, we do, how we how we separate the two? How about here's the question I want to ask about this though, because now that news is coming out that he had a extramarital affair okay when he was with cleveland Mm -hmm. and of course they did not reveal that to the mets like they didn't reveal that he was harassing a reporter with nudie pictures of someone else (laughs) apparently and all sorts of suggestive uh, words but here's the thing um there's nothing illegal about having an affair right right Immoral, but not illegal. Immoral, right. But I would also argue, is it as immoral these days as it used to be? Having an extramarital... The question is, was it like, you know, is it immoral? Was it ever immoral in France? I mean, it really depends on what your perspective is. Well, but I mean, it was scandalous, right? And and much much more of a black mark, let's say, you know... Not in Italy, not in France. No, but we're not in Italy. No, I mean here, but to me it's not. It happens all was the really, time. Was it really? Sc- I mean, here, here's no, no, my point. It was. It was. Yeah. Well, you never knew about it. It was. It was. Yeah, that was personal... like, that was part of it too. Shit, you didn't have. You didn't have as much. We never heard about Babe Ruth's personal life. We, you know. Right. Exactly. The media just focuses. Who gives a shit about Callaway? You know. I mean, that that's the well, problem. No, my... Is what we're focusing on is just. No, the question I want to ask is. Because it's not illegal and really has nothing to do with baseball, is should Cleveland be obligated, or should they feel you know any any reason to say anything about it to the or to, know or to it, anybody no. else? No, no they, they even, knew. They knew. They knew he. he they knew he had him extra. They knew. And and I kind of say no. I don't think they're any under any obligation to say anything about it because that's his. Per- that's between him and uh, him and his wife. What, and, what, you know. Here, here, here's here's what I always whoever here, else. Here's what I always say. Okay, we're talking about athletes, all right. Mostly men who are who are 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 very young and very rich. Why are we holding them to a higher standard than the accountant down the street? How many people have extramarital affairs every year? Well, that's right. Millions. Yeah, that's part of what I'm saying. It doesn't seem like it's as to me. It doesn't seem like it's as big a deal. I'm not saying it's right. It's my personal opinion. Doesn't matter. What I'm saying is that. I, I, I don't know. It shouldn't have anything to do with whether or not. Anything. It shouldn't have anything. To, it's it's a personal matter. Right. Uh, and it happens more often than, uh, you know what, whatever anybody's opinion of it is, is relevant. And why do, why do we hold certain people accountable for certain things and others not? Right. Like Carl Malone or Charles Barkley never were criticized for anything that they did, which is far worse than having an extramarital affair. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it's like Barkley gets arrested soliciting a hooker, and it's like, ah, that's Charles Barkley. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, which I, I, guess which the I other... think should be the right response. But my point yeah. is being is that I just feel like it's... it's and that's illegal. You're right. <laughs> but and, the, and other, the other I, part of this story is that 
Terry Francona's son has now right. come forward and said, yeah, my dad knew not just about the affair, but about the sexual, the, the harassment issue. Of course he knew. Of course he did. And so he's blasting uh, Terry for that and uh, apparently right. causing a Terry little Francona's friction. Terry Francona's son is blasting, blasting, yeah, his blasting his dad, saying he never said anything about it. He should have said something about it. But when it comes to baseball, I don't care about people having an extramarital affair. I do care about people stealing signs to win the World Series. Right. right. But right. again, right. if you know that somebody on your your squad, you know, whether it be a coach or a player, is and I, well, look again, he Callaway's not going to jail for harassing. Well, let me let you know right? a little secret: your kid's soccer coach is having an affair with one of the kids with one of the other kids you know, moms right now on some sort of suburban playing field. Who cares? I don't care. I don't care. Exactly. But one of the coaches in the league is sending I get sexually it. suggestive texts That's to let's wrong. say that, one of the high you know one of the yeah, one of the yeah. kids who's re- right. volunteering to referee. Right. I think that that's you wrong. Know, because you kind of have an obligation to it say fall, something about it. It falls that. into two categories. It, it falls into consensual and non-consensual. And right. when it's non-consensual, especially when there's a big age limit and especially when there's a power dynamic that's at play, then it's wrong. Right. And that's what you should be speaking out against. Which is yeah. why I think the Yankees which is why I think a lot of the Yankees are speaking out against Herman. Herman, yeah, and and I think that I think he should they should be speaking out about it. And I and I like the fact that they're able to to step up and do that. And and I think that there's some new leadership on the Yankees and some. It's a lot of the newer Yankees who are stepping up and saying, "Hey, you still have to explain yourself." This is true. This is true. We're, you might be on the you might have a contract, but you're not on this team yet. You're not in this clubhouse yet. And speaking of potential new Yankees, um, not to change the subject, but um, did you see who the Yankees uh, scouted yesterday? God, I hope it's a pitcher. No, no, no. It's an outfielder. <laughs> Great. That would, yeah. that, would be, that would be Mr. Ioannis Cespedes. Oh, he'd be a great fit. There you go. Uh, the Yankees. Why? The Yankees scouted him yesterday, along with the Rays <laughs> and the Jays. Why? <laughs> What we need is 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 an outfielder who can't really play the outfield, who maybe can hit every other day, and because you because you don't have one of those, because we don't have enough of those, you don't have anybody who it's home run or bust. Yeah, more more often than more when you hit a lazy fly ball into the outfield, you're like, "Mm, this could be interesting. Who who's always being replaced by 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 Mike Talkman in the seventh inning? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You'll always have fresh boar in the clubhouse. There That's you right. Go. There That's you right. Go. Yeah, there'll always there'll always be a boar on a spit. Got a spit over next to the ice tub. Yeah, yeah. We haven't had that since Louis Dion had. Go get yourself some pulled pork. Go ahead, have some fun. Could have been a wiener. Guys getting thrown out of the game just so they can go back and have a nice. Fresh boar sandwich. Yeah, Filipino box spring hog. We got some of those uh <laughs> some of those Panamanian rolls back there. I love the, the slow roasted boar on the Panamanian oh, that's roll. Great. With a little nice bar little nice uh, nice barbecue sauce on that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna argue no matter what the up calls, I'm gonna Coleslaw, argue. The first pitch. You're done. You're good to go. Yeah. Getting thrown out so I can that's go right. have some boar. Oh, what a boar. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, yeah, that's... It makes sense with the angle. That's why I'm saying like is what is what is is Brian Cashman losing it? I mean, I don't I, know. I just it's like let's get Garrett Cole, and then 
Let's make him the Giannis Antetokounmpo of of Major League Baseball. (laughs) Of the Yankees, anyway. It's Uh, just, and granted, I get it. The Yankees are stacked. But my issue with the Yankees is that the Yankees that everybody knows who are getting the highest salaries are the Yankees that I could give two shits if they left tomorrow. Right. If they got pitching. That's the problem. I think... What has Giancarlo Stanton done for the Yankees since he's been here? Yes, I understand Aaron Judge is a big name. Everybody loves him in New York, and he had a couple really good seasons. But let's look at Aaron Judge. What has he really done the last couple of years? Sure. You know what I feel about Gary Sanchez. I want he had Judge. a home I want, run the other day. I want Judge to stay. Well, Corey Kluber pitched two scoreless innings, and the Yankees only gave up three hits today as a pitching staff. Sanchez hit a home run the other day, and it was uh, of monstrous. course he did. And of course, what did I hear the next morning on the radio? He's fine now. That's right, he's back. He hit one, and it went out. Everything's okay. He needed that that so, one. That was it. He needed to hit that one. You know how Reggie Jackson's Mister October and Derek Jeter's Mister November. Gary Sanchez, Mr. March. March. Yeah, Mr. March. it was it was, the, it was the sign that he's going to be just fine. It looks like all things, things are, are good. Turning around for Gary. Look, Sanchez. And, I, and, I, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope Gary Sanchez. But look, it's just the time to trade Sanchez was three years ago when he when he was hitting 162 and still valued by everybody. Right. It, the Yankees are just there's a pride that's that in in the Yankees right now that are holding on to some of these players. And they have valuable assets. And, and this idea, three years ago, it was fine. They're, we're young. We're going to build this team. Now it's like, all right, these guys are in the prime. They don't have much left. You got the, arguably the best pitcher in baseball or one of the best pitchers in baseball who doesn't have a ton of time left. And we're still trying to develop Gary Sanchez into a catcher. And we're still wondering if Glaber Torres can play shortstop. And we don't know if Gary Sanchez is even going to play the outfield. Maybe he'll just DH. And But we're going to go look for Cespedes. Right. right. And Cole doesn't even want to pitch to Sanchez, right? No. He prefers yeah. the uh, the yeah. other guy. Yeah, Kyle so, Gashioka, yeah. So, yeah, so your best get, best pitcher doesn't even want to throw. No, well, <laughs> to the of, guy that you're trying to rehabilitate. Tanaka didn't want to pitch pitch to him either, and he's gone. But you know, it's <laughs> so the top two pitches because he's a horrible catcher. I mean, and yeah. I'm not saying this to to be mean to Gary Sanchez. He's just a horrible catcher. He'd be great on the Kansas City Royals as a, as a DH. You know, but the Yankees have just invested too much in him, and and it's just. It's it's too bad because well, I really like, do I really do think the Yankees are one or two pitchers away from winning another World Series. And guess what? It's not like they don't have people that they can trade to get those pitchers. They're yeah. just not doing it. It's like they're it's it's like you know what? We're going to cook a meal and we've got a whole bunch of rice, but we're not going to get any vegetables. We're just going to hold on. We're not gonna, not going to trade you this. We have twenty seven pounds of rice, but we're just no beans. We're just gonna okay. we're just gonna hold on to this because it's gonna be valuable someday. Yeah, you know, so you're I, saying you don't like Asian players. Is, is what I'm hearing. No, I love it. I, it has nothing to do with that. What I'm saying is that it's just uh, I'm saying they're not enough. The rice they, is just not enough. You never have enough pitching, and they need pitching, and they've needed pitching yeah. for three, four, five years now. And well, look, they might change their tune. Uh, uh, the president said we're gonna have enough vaccine for every adult in the country by the end of May. So maybe when we get some fans back in the stands, they're going to be okay. Things are getting back, and we that revenue's coming in, and now we're going to get some bring those pitchers in to help them make a late push. Maybe yeah. you know, maybe that has something to do. With I, I don't think it, it, it has, must I think be I hard. Have, I think the Yankees have to get, get money. Trades. 
I think I don't think it's money. I think they have to get it through trades. I think it comes I'm down saying, to actually trading players or getting rid of players to make cap room to sign somebody. Right. And uh, Brian Cashman, supposedly the you know the genius. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it with Boone, and I don't see it with Cashman. I'm not in love with either of them, and I'm impatient, and I'm a Yankees fan. Go get them. You know, it was impossible to get a Rod, but they got a Rod. It was impossible to get, just go get them. Go get the pitchers. Go get them. Yankees still paying a Rod, or is that country? They are. They, they are. are still paying them, right? Still paying them, yeah. They're not. They're they're paying them one twenty fifth of what they're paying Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. Oh, please, that contract. <laughs> <laughs> that that's what's killing them is 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 the old Yankees thinking of of all right we're going to sign the big players. Is there still any Ellsbury money on the books? Yeah, right. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah. or uh, what's his name? Uh, Johnny Damon still. Johnny Damon. Fifty four thousand dollars a year for the next <laughs> three years. That's the luckiest cocksucker ever to play sports. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, Johnny Doug. God. Uh, yeah. he, he makes Chuck Knobloch seem logical. <laughs> Do you have any other uh, local sports news? Because I wanted to bring up one other topic. Get your go for it. Let's round this thing out. Well, the uh, I just wanted to tell. You, I just wanted to say a couple of uh, or one other thing. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this uh, uh, article. Uh, there was a report out that uh, Albert Pujols has been lying about his age. Uh, what? By all, yeah, by all it came out. I don't know when it came out. I just read it today. It's uh, by all accounts he should be forty-one, and reports say that he's actually forty-four. So I actually got to pull it up and, and read it more through. He'd but, still uh, be the fifth starter on the Yankees if he came in as a pitcher. Yeah, <laughs> either way, he's falling off the cliff. You think it's, you think his wife wants him to retire? Yeah, right. <laughs> you see the one putting out the rumor? Yeah. The, <laughs> yard, <laughs> the yard work. Trying to get, trying to get LA to dump him. You know, really, he's actually 44. The yard work really doesn't look – it really is building up. <laughs> really up. Ow, well, get home. So. What what did he hit last year? I don't know what it was. It wasn't very good though. I'll pull it up. Better than he, if he has another uh, lousy he, season, he was better than Gary Sanchez. Yeah, it was probably yeah, exactly. Um, so go ahead. Talk, say your uh, say your thing. You bring up all I. So I, I I heard this story the other day. It's about the Mariners and their top prospect, who's Jared Kalenic, I believe. Oh yeah. is. And uh, he is saying that he did not sign a contract extension. And uh, he believes he was punished by not being brought up last year. And right. he's like their top prospect, and he's ready to go. This the is school guy. Is service time, they're saying. Yeah, yeah so they're going to get more service time. Now, you might think, oh, this is a disgruntled player. <laughs> Except that Kevin Mahler, who's the GM of the team, actually said the same thing in a press conference and said, yeah, we're going to get an extra year uh, uh, by not – Admitted uh, it. Admitted by it. Not, yeah, he admitted it. So the question I wanted to ask is, uh, is this really a good thing to do? And there are a couple other guys on the team who did sign extensions, and they came up. And Kalanick is ready to come up. By the way, a uh, uh, draft pick by the Mets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was, uh, and well, uh, went to, and we got, to the we Mariners. Got, we got Cano for him. We got so Cano, I mean, and Cano. Uh, yeah. So, great. Cano had um, a couple good years for you guys, let's be honest. Sure, sure. Sure. One, a um, bit last year. So my question is, you know, A – is this like right or wrong? Should the Mariners be doing this? Yes. I mean, the answer is it's not right nor wrong. Right. It's not right nor wrong. It's, it just business. is. It's business. It's business. It's and business. I think, and I think it's part of what these smaller market teams need to do to hold on to talent. 
Hey, you know what? It was it was something that was talked about a couple of years ago when they brought up uh, Pete Alonso, right? right. Um, and they and, and they did uh, this. They did they, this they, actually um, to Bryce Harper. Yeah, yeah well, they did to Bryce Harper. But, but they they said they were going to. I mean, but for all accounts, I mean, it's the Mets we were talking about. And it's the old regime of the Mets we're talking about, right? right. And uh, right. Uh, Brody Van Wagen and uh, you know, you you would have thought with, with with the Wilpons they would have they would have kept him down. Bring him up in May, and you got another year at service time. You know, right. Right. And and Brody Van Wagen went went to bat, no pun intended, and uh, said, "No, we're bringing this kid up with us. We're bringing him right back from spring training. He's starting uh, uh, day one." And, I guess, and, and they lost a year of service time with Pete Alonso because they didn't sit on him for a month. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, but it's, I guess, it's business. It's business. The, right. But the larger point here is, uh, you're not trying to win. You're not putting yourself in the best position to win by bringing up a guy. This is your top prospect. He's got a great slash line in the minors. But you're. And also, you're but and you're but you're putting kind of the analytics and the numbers of yeah we're gonna have we're gonna manipulate the service time and because we're gonna do that we're gonna sacrifice giving yeah. ourselves a better chance to win. But well, you don't know you think what? there's that, a lot of teams really doing that weird. right now? I mean, my my question mark is how the hell is our baseball teams or any of these sports franchises staying afloat? Yeah. You know, there's nobody buying tickets. Yeah, and I understand TV contracts well, and and and, and listen, probably a lot of the probably a uh, lot of the teams know. that were uh, a lot of these guys are dipping into their pockets. Look, the Mets were doing that. The Mets yeah. had how many owners before what before what's his name bought them? One, two, three. Now they had like seven owners. Well, I mean, Bill Maher was owners. yeah, but even, but, do, but do you know the, the 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 owners that had minor shares were dipping into their savings to pay yeah. for. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Bill Maher was talking about that a couple yeah. of weeks ago. He said, so I, I mean, money. there's a lot of teams right now that are just, and so yeah, this makes sense. I, I'm going to bring them up when I when, and then start the clock ticking on when I need to pay and when I'm bring when I'm getting some revenue coming in. Right. You know, it's not like but they're going to. Also, get, I think well, it, here's the other thing too. You, he doesn't. They don't have to. He doesn't have to sit out the year. No. He's got. He, he's got to sit out a month. He comes up in like a little bit into Mar, um, uh, May. Um, right, no, but the weeks. point is, he sat weeks. out. So, he sat out last year when he could have been up and played. He could have been up last year, right? And they well, want to, and they want to bring him up this year. They, and they'll they bring can him up pay this me year. what they're paying him, and I'll sit out for seven years. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. I'll Steve Young it. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, my rookie year, I'll be forty-eight. And, and also, I'd say I think a lot of these teams. They they weren't necessarily um, you know how you mentioned how how are they staying afloat? I don't think they were as poor. They cried more poor than they actually were. But it's still for them. It's got to be tough. Look, I'm I'm going to tell you this for small market teams or mid market teams. It's all about profit. They don't give a shit about anything else. That's this this is why it's remarkable what the Padres are doing. Yeah, this is why you know teams like the Mets and the Yankees and the Dodgers and even you know the Cardinals and some of these other teams, they they have reserves where they can, you know, rob Peter to pay Paul. Right. The Milwaukee Brewers do not. Right. Right. Exactly. The exactly. Kansas City Royals exactly. do not. Jared, yeah. Jared Klenick is 21 years old. All right. He's 21 years old. He uh, in July, he'll he'll turn 22. All right. Um, and, and he's complaining about his service time. Jeff McNeil, and granted, there was a couple other uh, 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 issues with Jeff McNeil. I think he was out for a bit, and then he came back, and so forth and so on. As far as the Mets go, he's, in his, he's go, entering his third year in the majors, and he's going to be, 20, he's going to be 29 in, uh, in April. Right, right. So, uh, you know, I mean, Kalenic at, at 21, you know what? I, I, I agree. You want to play, get it. You're hungry. 
you're 21. Shut up. Relax. It's business. You come up in May. Everything will be fine. Yeah, right. But you're, if, if this kid's really going to be good and maybe going to be a stalwart of your team right. and you're turning him off For, and he's going to go somewhere else as soon as he can because you fucked me and cost me, right, you know. How many other rookies do you hear bitching like he is, though? You know what I'm saying? It's. It, I know. think it's a slow time for sports news right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and on that note, I do have to go. You do? So you, I do. So you guys can continue on with third, you know. Uh, we got hockey. Um, like I said, like I said, I'm going to sign off. But um, please do continue with uh, hockey. Please <laughs> to continue with hockey. Well, we got about five minutes left, so yeah. you really have to go. I do. For five minutes. I'm going to go. You want All to right. go? All yes. right. I'm sorry. All right. All right. No, no, no thing to be sorry about. So. I will talk to you next we will, Wednesday. We will talk to you soon. Absolutely. Right. Bye-bye. Right. See you later. Right. Bye. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's. It, I, I think, look, I don't know all the circumstances. I don't know what he did last year or what he was supposed to do last year. Uh, I do know that he was what he was only in his second year in, uh, from from rookie ball uh, in the Mets organization when they traded for him two years ago. So I mean, a lot of a lot of uh, kids stay in 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 the minors for you know you're you're talking three four maybe five years uh, before you're uh, before you're coming up or getting bounced up. And and when you come up, you're not coming up at the beginning of a season. It's not like Pete Alonso. You know, it's uh, right. It, you right. know, no, it's, no, I, it's 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 the bringing them up. You know, when the the rosters expand in September, you're getting they're getting their feet wet with a little of big league uh, uh, plate appearances and so forth and so on. And then uh, and then you see what you see how they do, and then you you go back next uh, next spring and uh, see how they're doing with everybody else in in spring training, and you make a decision at that point. But you know, no, I, I'm, I, I'm not crying boo hoo for him. No, no, I'm I just, don't think I, you are. I, I'm just saying. I, yeah. I bring it up in the larger issue that. The team is putting these, you know, the future consideration ahead of trying to put the best quality product that you can on the field. Sure. At which I, I again, I understand it in these times, and we don't know what the revenue and what the fan situation is going to be, right. and that lack of revenue, and I think that has a lot to do with the way free agents have been or have not been signed this off season and all that. Uh, but you still ought to be trying to. It's just you still ought to be putting the best team you can on the field. Right. And if they're really going to get into a state where you're going to punish somebody, you sign this contract extension, or you're going to sit in the minors for another year. Uh, that's kind of that's kind of dirty pool. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with the whole you sign. Yeah, that's why I bring it up. I don't feel I, bad for the that kid. I agree still, with. That I agree well, with. Service time issues. Be in the, sit, yeah. yeah, because the bottom line is, I mean, what playing it that way you sign this or you're going to sit down i get that that i get that's that's dirty pool that's bad that's bad practice whatever you want to call it but as far as just the whole service time thing where um you know if they don't come up on april 1st and they come up uh you know the second or third week in may um you know it, it, we're talking about a rookie that may be amazing and may be an all a future all-star uh, habitual every year in and out all-star uh, how much is that one brand new player how many more games you know, war, wins, whatever you want to call it, uh, gonna gonna get you for those six weeks. He's not in that season. You know what I'm saying? And unless yeah, yeah. they're and unless they're right at the cusp and they have nobody in the outfield and they need his bat and they need his glove and they're going to be so far down, it's going to be a, a foot race to try and get, just to get back to uh, you know uh, where they could try and compete by the end of the season. That you know, short of that, what's six weeks? You know. 
uh, to, to get them that extra year before they have to go to arbitration and with the right, way contracts right. are going, especially if he is going to be that big of an all-star. You're talking about a, a huge contract, you know, uh, the, the way contracts are going. You know, like, I mean, look at Tatis, what, Junior, he's, what, his second year, and, and uh, he's got that contract. So let's say that's going to happen, right? They want to be a little bit – they, they want to have a little bit more uh, flexibility with that money, especially in Seattle. We're, talk, we're not talking about L.A. We're not talking about New York. We're talking about Seattle. You know, obviously yeah. they're probably better off than than Milwaukee, but uh, it's still it's still not a, a huge market team. Yeah, we're, right, we're not expecting them to be a perennial contender. Sure, exactly. <laughs> Although they, if they are, this kid's most likely going to be a part of it. Right. But again, you're you're risking alienating him. Right. And the team's going to be, and and they may bring him up whatever at whatever point this season. You would think sure. they would. Right. But the team's going to be less attractive for other players to go there. Right. Uh, maybe because they see how they, they're treating this kid. Hey, you know or, what? Maybe maybe he... if, he's, if he's not playing, if they're not going to bring him up this year at all, which sure. I, I think they are, but if they don't, then you, you're going to have other players looking at Seattle and going, well, you got this great guy in the minors who you know could be a linchpin for you, and you're not playing him so right. that you can avoid arbitration for another year. Right. Now, That's I, not the organization that I want to be a part of. Right. Now, I agree with that. I agree with that. And if they're going to sit, if they sat him last year and didn't bring him up at all, and well, I mean, last year was, what, 60 games, so... I mean, at that point. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the other that's, thing is last year was such yeah. an anomaly that right. all, the, all the rules kind of go out the window. Exactly. I mean, if they're going to sit him this entire year and not bring him up at all, then I have an issue with that. If they're going to sit him for six weeks, so it's the service time thing, and then they bring him up in May and it's lights out and it's, you know, full speed ahead at that point just to get that extra year of arbitration. Uh, I mean, again, that's fine. I, I, don't, I don't see any problem with that because it's done all the time. You know, and this kid's twenty. It's not like he's twenty four and he's been fighting his way through the minors and and put paying his dues and and hitting the ball and doing everything right and right. And, and and everybody's right. screwing around with him. You know, no, 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 no. He's twenty one years old. He's he's only been in minors for what three years, maybe four. Uh, right, but even. I mean, wouldn't you want to? Ca- if he's ready, wouldn't you want to cash in? Absolutely, him? absolutely. Right, you don't want to. You don't want him languishing for. Another... I don't either. And as a fan, as a fan, and out of, I'm just saying, as a fan of baseball. Right. If I were a, if Mariners, you were a Mariners fan, fan I was a Mariners fan. I want to see him on opening day. Absolutely. Yeah. And if but he's going to be great, we'll pay him the extra money when we right. need to pay him. And if it's a year earlier, I don't care. So I want him it, out right. there. And that was yeah. the and that was the whole preface, uh, pretense with the, with the Mets bringing Pete Alonso up when they did. Right. You right. know, if they they put if they set Pete Alonso down, you know, wherever, uh, it just sent him up to uh, to uh, Syracuse or to Binghamton or whatever, and and. And let him sit up there for for a couple of uh, for a few weeks, and then bring him up in May of 2019 instead. Well, the, you know, say goodbye to the home run uh, rookie home run record. Say goodbye to you know, yep, you know, uh, uh, hindsight's 2020. Say goodbye to rookie home run record. Say goodbye to rookie of the year. Blah 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 blah, and everything else. Um, but so that was a good move, right? But I get my point is I get the business of that. Now, if you put in sure, if sure. you put if you put into play the whole trying to force his hand to make him sign an extension. And if he doesn't, saying he's going to sit down a whole other year, yeah, that's crap. That's horseshit. And no, I don't think he's going to sit down a whole other year. Right. So It's it's still kind of dirty pool. Yeah. Because there are, again, because Mahler admitted that that's what they did last year. And you've got, uh, again, these other couple of guys who signed extensions, and lo and behold, they're up and playing. Well, maybe he forces their hand and says he wants to trade, and and, and the Mets get him back. (laughs) Yeah, could be. Could be. Hey, here we'll give you Cano by, back. By yeah, the way, gonna... I, I know we talked about this uh, before, but I just I just wanted to reiterate because I did a little more digging into the Fernando Tatis contract. Sure. 
it's this might be the future of how teams do things mm-hmm. and it's kind of the opposite i mean we, we talked about because you asked the question i think last week do you pay the guy for what you think he's going to be or do you pay him for what he's already done right right, right. well this one this contract you're you're paying him for what you think he's going to be right uh here's the base salary starting with this year mm-hmm. uh a million dollars next when- year five mm-hmm. 2023 7 2024 11 2025 20 then 20 then 25 25 and then 2029 base salary heads up to 36 million and that's the last six years of the contract at 36 36 million so it's 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 yeah and and the, this year they'll pay him 11 million i guess it's a 10 million dollar signing bonus mm-hmm. but then the yearly cash out for 2022 is the 5 million 7 million 11 million it's just just what the contract is right and this could end up being really smart if he's great and he stays healthy you're going to have money to pay other players sure to Absolutely. bring other pieces to build around this kid you're not you're you're not paying him 20 million dollars until 2025 mm-hmm. you're getting four more seasons in which he's making 18, 19, he's making 24 million over the next one, two, three, four, five seasons. Right. No, excuse me, four seasons. Four seasons, yeah. That's crazy. You're getting him at six million a year over the next four years. That is crazy. Average. And again, and you're going to have money to build around him. And build then, him. you know, look, most of the guys in these long term contracts, they don't, they don't finish the contract there. Right. They don't end up in the place where they started. They get traded right. or whatever. So, so, so again, so, so San Diego is being smart. Then and and they sign him. And, and I agree that uh, you know paying a player for his potential versus playing a pay, paying a player for you know his uh, his uh, accolades, uh, it makes more sense because yeah, sure you're going to give him big money towards the end of the contract, but that's big money now. When you get there, that is not big money. Then you know if everything right. continues what, down right. the path, what is what is thirty six million going to be? Thirty six million in now is big money. Twenty twenty nine when they start paying right. them the thirty six. You're talking million. fifty. You're, things will be upwards of in, in the mid forties or higher, closer to 50 right, right, right. A year at that point, it's just going to be sick money. It's going to be yeah. Ridiculous. It's, it, it's risky either way because he could flame out, he could get hurt. But right. again, if that happens in the next five years, mm-hmm. you haven't spent twenty five or thirty million a year on him, right? Sure. Sure. So you, if he burns out in three years, you're getting three good years, and you're paying him one and five, and you're paying him thirteen million right. over those three years. Sure. And uh, yeah, again, you're gonna you're gonna eat it later on. But you're right that that per dollar thirty six million twenty twenty nine dollars is going to be a little bit different than thirty six million twenty twenty one dollars. So exactly, and interesting way to. But again, paying a big money now is is a risk as well because he could get hurt and. Sure. You know, and then and then you're, you know, you've spent a lot of money on, right, on a guy who doesn't play, right. So sure. int- very interesting. But looking at those numbers, I went, they're really only going to pay him a million dollars right. in salary this year and five million. But again, and we talked about, you know, again, long term contract, and sure. I think what well, we'd say the average was twenty four, twenty five. Average winds uh, up being like twenty four, twenty five million. Yeah, something like years. that. So it's going to be interesting. See how it works out, and uh, boy, if you know, over, if over the next four or five years it does work out, you, you may see, you know, quote unquote, can't miss. Sure. Uh, 
guys getting these kind of contracts from now on, which would be kind of the opposite of what they do now. Exactly. Exactly. So just want to take a little deeper dive on that because when I really started looking at the numbers, I went, they're only going to pay him $5 million next year. That sounds, it seems outrageous for seems, a player that good. Exactly. Exactly. But there's a method to the madness. Absolutely. And again, they're going to have that more money to put those, especially free agent pieces that are maybe a little older mm-hmm. and only have a couple of years. And you're going right. to get a couple of good years out of a guy who's, you know, was borderline superstar or really, really good player. And he's commanding a lot of money because of the market. Sure. We're going to get him for those last, you know, hopefully very productive uh, years of his career. And he's going to help us win a championship. And then we then his contract's up. We don't renew. We cut him loose. But we can pay him the, you know, 25 that he's making because we're not paying Tatis the 25 or 30 million every year. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. early on in the contract. It's smart. It's smart. It's a smart way to do it. Very interesting. Very, yeah. very interesting. Um, so as we spoke about uh, Jared Kalanick uh, uh, and, and where he's at and, you know, what, what, what his potential is and everything else up in, in Seattle and, you know, getting traded away from the Mets and uh, just wanted to bring up uh, Jimenez. And of course, you know, not, not to say there's any, uh, anything wrong with this and, and I wish him well. Uh, I, I hope he does. I hope he has a fantastic career in, in Cleveland or wherever else he goes if, if he doesn't stay there. But um, you know, Lindor is the better bet. Obviously that's hands down. End of story. He's the proven commodity. But uh, yesterday uh, Jimenez went four for four with a triple, a Homer and three RBIs. And his glove was uh, like glue. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, hey, yeah. Well, he was the better piece between him and he was the better piece between him and Rosario. He was the better piece of that. Yeah. Uh, look, you, it's if Lindor wasn't who Lindor is, then you could say, well, boy, maybe you got a pretty good prospect here, and maybe you give him a couple years to develop. And right, but you're talking about. The best shortstop in the game. Yeah, yeah, you're not both you're defensively not. and offensively. Yeah, you're not. You're not doing that. I mean, yeah, I mean, so, uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We, we, anybody, or Cleveland at this point, but prior to the deal, the Mets could have only hoped that uh, Jimenez would turn out to be as good right. as Lindor. So, right, or right, even or close to it. Two thirds as good as Lindor. Right, right, exactly. Still pretty so, damn good for a shortstop. So you got to take. But. but the bottom line on that whole thing is they need to sign. They need to re-sign Lindor. Yeah, you know? they do. and 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 Conforto, of course, too. Uh, and uh, and it, and if it comes well, down they to can the, do it now because they didn't get um, Springer. They or didn't Bauer. get Springer or Bauer. They have the money to do it. Hey, you know what? Let, let's call it, let let's let's call it what it is. <laughs> they could have done it with Bauer and Springer. They could. Okay? They could. You know, I I, I look. You know, he. We look, all, we all Cohen, wanted. Like, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say Steve Cohen. You know, he, look, I, I know. It's his money. We're all we're all great at spending somebody else's money, right? Um, but the bottom line is, you know, he did say he wants to win, uh, you know, in three or five years. He didn't say he wants to win this year, so we got to get over that. And and I'll be honest with you, it's a quick aside. I'm so tired of looking on all these Mets groups on Facebook and these blogs and everything else and these people writing in, uh, you know, this is going to be a horrible season. Oh, oh my please. God! It was much better we, than we it was. Can't. This is a. Is, this this sucks. I can't believe this is. This is here we a... go again. You know, it's the Will Ponds all over. Are, are you kidding me? It's hard to get over that, though. It's it is hard to get over it, but you, you get over it because <laughs> it's not the Will Ponds anymore. Yeah, uh, and, and it was not a bad off season. It just wasn't yeah. great. It was the best off season they've had in a long time. 
It's just not what everybody expected it to be. But on the other note, Cohen did say he wants to be the East Coast Dodgers. Of course, the East Coast Dodgers are already in New York. They're the so Yankees. he wants to win like but one out of every five World Series one, that he every, goes to. One out of every five World Series he goes to. But, <laughs> um, but he want, no, he wants to be, as far as spending goes, as far as getting the players and the oh, the players okay. and spending, he wants to be the East Coast Dodgers. All right, well, the East Coast Dodgers go over the luxury tax and they, they, they bring in everybody at ridiculous amounts of money. So yeah, he's, yeah. Not, he's not doing that yet. So I think him making that statement is probably where everybody is in saying, why didn't he bring this one in? Why didn't he bring this one in? Why didn't he bring this one in? So, you yeah. know, if he didn't say that and he just left it at win a championship in the next three to five years and be competitive all the time and going forward, keep, you know, habitually being competitive and, and several other championships down the road and keep it going. If he just did that and just said that, then I, I think a lot of people would have been a little bit more easy about it. But, uh, but the bottom line is they have to resign Lindor and Conforto. Yeah. And, um, and you know what? I mean, and here's another note too. Uh, you're going to have uh, Syndergaard looking for a contract too after this year. And granted, who knows what he's going to be when he comes back. I hope for him uh, and the Mets and everybody that he, he does pitch well and you know he's able to bounce back from, from the Tommy John. But um, the other thing too is, is Stroman. I mean, if he's pitching, if he, if he's pitching you know, three-fourths of you know, how he says he's going to pitch. <laughs> you know? Right, right, and, right, right. And what he was doing up in Toronto before he did come uh, to the Mets. Yeah. Um, then you got to pay him too. Yeah, it's gonna, you know right. Saying? It's going to cost you money it's to keep cost... the team together. That's... Exactly. But here's yeah. the thing, though. Uh, this year is not, um, as far as the offseason goes, it's not a fluke. No. In other words, Mets teams in the past under some other people who owned it before. I forget their names. I don't remember. Um, yeah. you, you know, you kind of brought in, like when they brought in Cespedes, right? They re-signed mm-hmm. him. And he said, "Oh, they're they're maybe making a commitment, right? They want to get better, they want to win, right. and then they it really didn't work out, and then they got cold feet, right? You know, there's been a lot of that where they they make a move or two, and you kind of go, oh, maybe they're actually gonna, you know, put some effort and some money into this, and we're sure. gonna get somewhere, and then the next year, you know, it's almost like the uh, uh, the Marlins, right. right? They win a World Series, <laughs> right? But they're in Florida, and nobody gives a shit, right? So the next year." They don't do so well. People don't show up because they're not winning every game. And right. so then they sell off the team, they right? The team, yeah. And then yeah. they rebuild. And then what was it? Four years later or six years later, whatever. Six, they win yeah. another World, World Series. Series yeah. And then they do the same thing. Same thing yeah. Gloria just dismantles the team because if you know that there wasn't enough to kind of keep bringing the, the fans in. So, you know, they get cold feet. And but that is, I don't think that is the case now. We're going to see continued effort to make this team better every year in each off season. Absolutely. No, I agree. And Definitely. that's there's, certainly there's, a comforting thought. Yeah. There's not going to be any, uh, there's not going to be any of that going forward. And, and to be quite honest with you, just going back to that Cespedes thing, the, of, of all of the signings, you know, free agent, even though he was on the Mets, free agent signings, big signings, contracts, they could give anybody the worst person that they could have given it to. That one contract they could have given to was Joanna Cespedes. Yeah. Because Joanna Cespedes only plays when he's on a contract year. <laughs> that's it. Right. Other, other than that, right. he doesn't even. And when I say he doesn't play, I mean he just doesn't play. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, that's you know? right. That's it. It's not like he's out there and he's giving you lousy numbers, but at right. least you know maybe he's hitting a few home runs. Right. No, no, he's cutting his foot off, killing right. a wild boar, and then right. not playing for a year and a half. Right. Exactly. Or, you know, hurting his his heels hurt. He's got the know? money. He's got a contract. So why 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 does he have to play baseball? He's got the yeah. money. Please. You know. So Yohannes Cespedes, like whichever Bauer. 
you know, uh, was basically other than obviously before now was always oh, one year contract, one year contract, one year contract. Ioannis Cespedes would be a perfect candidate for that because right. he'd play every year. Right. Because every year would be a contract year. So give him, he's just a one year guy. You give him a one year contract and that's it. And, you know, what is he, 32 now, I think? 33? Uh, yeah. Cespedes. Um, what's he going to do? You know, if, unless somebody picks him up, I, I, I think, like, I think I read that the Yankees scouted him, and so did the the uh, Rays uh, and the uh, Blue Jays. Um, where's he going? I mean, for him, obviously, probably perfect for the for the Rays to pick him up, right? Um, I would say he he might be a kind of a an additional piece or a missing piece on a team that is, you know, had success last year. Uh, and maybe is on, you know, thinks they're on the cusp again. You, you right. might see even, uh, you know, a team like maybe um, the Braves pick him up, right? Or, right. or, you know, who knows? Maybe the Padres, you know, if they, right. because if say, he's not going to get a lot of money, somebody's going to be willing to give him I would some money for that potential, even right. at thirty-two. Right. I would, I would say that he's probably his best bet is be look, uh, looking at American League teams, though. Um, that that could use a DH because what, what's yeah. He doing in the yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Right. Well, uh, yeah. No, no one's going to bring him on to be a full-time player. Right. Right. Exactly. But um, uh, if yeah. if you do think he can still hit, even if you're a National League team, yeah, you might bring him in to play. You know, every third. Could he play every third day? Or every third day. Like throw him out in left field every third day, and and uh, you know, and bring him in obviously, and then you can bring him off the bench the uh, the other two days. Uh, uh, you know, for uh, yeah. For I mean, if he shows in, any inclination maybe. for pinch hitting. Then that's a hell of a guy to put up when you're, you know, ready to yank your pitcher out. Sure, absolutely. Right? Imagine you're putting up, put you know, up. you, you want to this. Yeah, you don't have to hold him because you might have to put him in. You know, or you, you don't want to. You don't want to use a guy that might go in the field and then you have to pull a double switch or whatever. Sure. You're like, yeah, just let him. It's like a video game. Right, yeah, right. you just let him. You just, you know, I play uh, the uh, the old um, Nintendo sixty four game and sure. you draft your team. And there's always a couple of guys you draft at the end. They're just bats. You go, yeah, these are the guys that are going to hit for my pitchers. They're right. never going to see a second on the field. Not, not a bit, <laughs> not a bit. And then with Cespedes, they'll they'll have a runner on first and second with two outs, and uh, you know they'll pull the pitcher, put him in, and you know he'll he'll pop out. But yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, hey, you know what? I hope for him that you know I I, I, like I hope he has a very that. mediocre I, career. I hope he has a mediocre career. I hope he gets hope he gets wherever picked up he and goes. he can play a little baseball. That's all. I hope you know, wherever he goes. He does uh, moderately well. That's, the, that's the most I can. The most you can give him. There the most go. I can wish for him. Yeah. Right. Anyway, all right. All right. Well, I mean, let's, uh, let me throw one thing at you. One NHL thing. I don't want to get into a big thing. No worries. No worries. But here's what I want to, because I'm hungry. <laughs> I, I I agree. We didn't, talk, we didn't talk about any NFL tonight. You believe that? Yeah. Well, I don't. There's nothing worth. No. Well, well, I know there's a few things going on, but there's a couple things going on. They can wait. Uh, the biggest yeah, thing is just to mention really quick if we. Want to throw the NFL crawl up there? Well, you, it's just you, that it's just oh, that uh, free agency starts on March seventeenth, and the draft is the end of April. There you go. There's our NFL. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> throw throw the NHL. Up. Here's, I, here's I got, what I I got say, one thing too, but go ahead. Here's what I want to say about the NHL. There's something sure. I want you to think about because I don't want to talk about it now. No, no. Until no Harry's back on the show. You got. It. I know he's a big NHL guy. <laughs> like <laughs> like like you and I are absolutely. Here's the thing: we've got these four divisions, right? Mm-hmm. They're separated. They only play each other. Right. Right. What do you do? <laughs> and they will not play each other in the playoffs no. until the final four. Right. So how do you rank them? How do you seed them? 
when you get to the playoffs? Hmm. Because That's you don't, right? Like we're we were talking. I think we were talking about uh, the the great story of Toronto, right? Who doesn't hmm. like the Maple Leafs? They're in first in the Scotia North Division, beating up hmm. on on all the other Canadian teams. There. Right. They're the number one scoring, and and you know what? They might be for real. I heard this today. Uh, they are the number one scoring team in the league. Number two, I think, is Winnipeg. Yeah, Winnipeg's up there, yeah. And Toronto just, like, shut them out two games in a row. Right. So Toronto might be for real. So Toronto comes out of the Scotia North, and how do you know how they're going to fare against Tampa Bay or Carolina or the Capitals or St. Louis or the Golden Knights or whoever comes out of these other divisions? You, you don't. don't. You don't. Because you haven't seen them play all year. It's going to be very interesting. And uh, so now, to... what, what is it going to be? Is it going to be the top four in each division, and then when they get down to one in each division, they play? Yes. Uh, then you're going to have like they... the Eastern and Western, Eastern, or... East, Eastern finals and Western finals, so to yeah, speak. So to speak, whatever that works to be. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and then uh, and then of and course then the the, uh, the so Cup. so think about that and how they might. I don't want to talk about it too much because because sure. uh, Harry I mean, left could... us, but. Just think about how what would be a good way to figure out who gets. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about it too, I mean, there there could be a team that's the fifth or the sixth seed in one division, that's better than the second, third, or fourth seed in another division. Yeah, and they don't get in because it's not the East and West or right, you know, right, one right. conference and another conference. Or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's, this yeah. is this sort of harkens to, um, uh, NCAA sports. Sure. Right. Yeah. You almost have like conference. You literally, literally have conference yeah, tournaments now, sure. and the winner of that is, you know, obviously going to the playoffs, and and you're going to, um, to you know, kind of take that into account in the seating. I guess mm -hmm. I don't know. It'd be yeah. interesting. So, but we can talk about that next week. We'll we will get to, get to Harry's thoughts on that. But I just uh, wanted to, wanted to throw it out there and get your mind clicking on it. A that's bit. a that's a great thing. We'll we'll definitely bring that up next week. We'll, uh, we'll write that down and we'll jot that down and we'll, we'll bring that up uh, next week. That's good. Um, I think that uh, I think that should wrap it up uh, for tonight. What do you think? You think we should? We're uh, right in our two and a half to three hour range. Well, actually, I, <laughs> I was talking to somebody about the show the other day and they were like, oh, wow, how long is the podcast? You do like an hour every week? I go, oh, no, we're usually two and a half to three and a half. <laughs> and he went, oh, man, that's. I don't. I love sports. I don't think I could talk about sports yeah, for three yeah. hours. No, I go we well. Can. You know, I only have to do an hour, and then Bernie. Well, I maybe I probably do more than an hour, and Bernie does more than an hour, and then John, you do like twenty four minutes because <laughs> 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 we never. He and I never let you get. I I, much I, of a I, word I, in. I try to get a word in, but you are like the moderator. You're very good at it. And I, appreciate I try. It. I try. And if you notice too, I've, I've I've developed my breathing techniques so that so that I. Uh, I, I don't have to uh, take that long of a pregnant pause to take a breath, so I can yes, keep yes. talking once I get a place to. Yeah, yeah. To, and, and I notice you're, you're always you keep your lungs full, so that when there's an infinitesimal pause, you can right begin speaking it. immediately. I get right in there. I if get you right have in to there. breathe in before you start speaking. It you, never works. The moment is gone. Never it's works. Gone. It's yeah. gone. <laughs> well, at least at least we all admit it. We well, admit I think it. I uh, there was uh, one show many weeks ago where. I don't know. You had to take a phone call or something, right? Right, right, or, right. Yeah, yeah. Or you? Oh no, you froze up, and you had to. Oh yeah, yeah. I froze up. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So you're you right. left the show for a few minutes, yeah. and uh, 
And I said, this is the part of the show where uh, Harry says a lot of smart things about sports, and I interrupt him a lot. (laughs) 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 And that's how it went for, you know, the two or three minutes before you came back. Came back on, yeah. But I think it's important that, you know, we, at least for me, face up to who and what I am. And uh, until until somebody... uh, really gets upset i'll just keep doing what i do it's all good it's all good (laughs) it's what makes us work so well together exactly exactly and that's what all that's what brings it together and it makes it a fun show so anyway all right well we'll wrap it up on that note for today we want to thank everybody for watching and for those of you just listening to the audio podcast thanks for listening don't forget to visit our website www.logroom.com that's l-a-g-e-r-r-o-o-m.com and please remember like us and follow us on all of our social media facebook twitter instagram and our youtube channel All of them are at The Logger Room. Remember, we go live with the video podcast on both Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday at 7.30. And for those of you, that's PM, by the way, folks. (laughs) And for those of you that just want to listen to the audio podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to one or more of those feeds and you'll never miss a show. Again, thanks for following along with us. Have a wonderful week. Have a great weekend. Don't forget to watch uh, the NBA. It's not NBA uh, All-Star Weekend. It's NBA All-Star Sunday. Remember, uh, check all of that out. Enjoy it. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you soon, folks. Take care. Cheers. Peace.